Hello everyone and welcome to All the Best Bits. This is our audio commentaries from the films from which we picked our best bits. And this one is obviously from Mission Impossible Followed, which is from the Run Tom Cruise Run episode. So Kevin, how are you? I'm good. So we're going to start this uh, audio commentary on the Bad Robot logo. So you need to get past the idents for Paramount, Skydance, Alibaba, and then we're going to begin at the Bad Robot logo. Yeah, just as the Bad Robot text um, shows up, pause your film right there because we've paused it right there as well. So we'll count down for when we press play. So everyone's ready. So three, two, one play oh shit i forgot to press play sit i forgot the press play too <laughs> it wasn't working uh we're rolling we might be able to sync a little bit but i not too much are you rolling kev i am i'm looking at uh the wedding scene yeah that's where i am too well, at least it's i hope it's the same wedding scene it's not princess die are you watching princess die and Cheryl's getting married right now am i watching what the Princess Charles and Diana getting married. No, are we on the same wedding scene, yeah? Oh my god. I'm joking. I'm joking. It's gonna be one of those commentaries. <laughs> I loved seeing her back, Michelle Monaghan. I think she's a she's a great addition to the franchise and uh, yeah. I've been there where this was filmed in New Zealand. Oh. Yeah. Wow. And they brought back that this guy. Location. Yeah, that location. And yeah. and yeah, and I saw this film twice in the cinema, which is rare for me. And uh, I had Terrible. such a blast with it. But mm-hmm. I did not understand anything about the prologue. I thought, this is such a convoluted opening, because it starts about four times. <laughs> yeah. And wait, we have to acknowledge there are in Belfast, there in Northern Ireland. And um, <laughs> they are in my arse. You never know. I think they probably are in London right now or something like that. Um, but There are no anamorphic flares in Belfast. <laughs> Different types of flares. That's what they have. But yeah, I'm right there <laughs> with you with this film. I enjoyed the bejesus out of this film. I, yeah, I was audibly... I watched... Favourite Mission Impossible film? Yes. Yeah, it's my favourite Mission Impossible film. I know there's some great sequences in the first one, but this... It's just great crack. It's just so much fun. And as I said then, this mm. has become my my Bond franchise. I get more Ouch. excited about the these Mission Impossible films than I do about any upcoming Bond film. It gives me that same hit, you know. Did we need this expositional opening where I suppose we need to see him getting his mission? Yeah. But did we need all this stuff with Solomon Lane? What you, well, I don't understand. What do you? I don't know. Like I think, do honest, we need this opening? Do we need this this big long sit down and watch a, a a slideshow type of opening? I think we do because everything has. We are about we're six films into this right now. It has been fairly convoluted. That Solomon Lane character did he appear in? Which one was he in? Was he in the previous one? I don't remember. So this is like trying to kind of get us up to speed and. I bet you it was this was something they shot pretty much late in the day, you know, after they shot the rest of the film, kind of going, okay, what information does the audience need to know? I feel like this whole film was 
pretty much just, well, we do know that a lot of it was written on the fly during production and that they were just making it up as they go. Uh, it's incredible that any of it sort of holds together. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know. This is one of these films where it's so stylish, it's so um, engaging and exciting, but I don't have a bloody clue what's going on. <laughs> but I do accept that with spy movies, you have to you have to concede that the plot will only work if the characters are dealing with a conspiracy where the protagonist won't know everything mm-hmm. uh, and the audience will sometimes be a step behind the protagonist in order for the twists and turns to sort of play out. So you just have to sort of go with it. And um, I was happy to sit back and go like, I don't know what's happening, but it's fun. Mm-hmm. They just give you... And now as I'm doing a lot of commentary, I'm <laughs> thinking this might be the bad one to do because I don't know what's happening. It doesn't matter. Tom is just very pensively watching old movies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, his home movies from when... Oh, and now, oh Jesus, now it's after smoking. That's bad for your health. Um, yeah, I I, I, I I, was the same. Sure, when I rewatched this for for Third research... opening. <laughs> well, it gives you... That first one, it gives you just that enough information about there's bombs out there and we need some sort of... Um, uh, there's there's bombs on the loose basically, and um, and it brings the characters. It shows all oh, these are the characters back in play and all that sort of jazz. Who's come back to the party? But I was the same as you. I all think- that sort of jazz. If we ever do merch, we got to put that in a t-shirt. All that sort of jazz. <laughs> the best bits. <laughs> Kevin, did I did have I already said all that sort of jazz? Have I said it in the last five minutes? Because honestly, I don't know. You have to tell me. <laughs> Just you just know. did you just said it just there I have no idea oh yeah okay right you, there as much as I say spectacular and I've actually gone into episodes and I started to edit me out saying it <laughs> you say all that sort of jazz <laughs> I'm going to start punching myself in the face every time I say that um, nah no one noticed that stuff only us because we're editing yeah. ourselves it's uh I bet a lot of podcasts out there have other people editing them so it's so much easier but look at this. This is all a ruse, right? Yeah. We're going to find out, yeah. spoilers, that none of this, this is all sort of a, a, a trap to capture the um, the guy that was selling the orbs. What the fuck is in the orbs? The, the nuclear war or something? The, the nuclear warheads, yeah. aren't they? The boom boom juice. Yeah. And, um, oh, Jesus. I don't know what's going on. But you see, but the thing about it is, is going into the scene, they give you just enough information to say to 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 make the scene to to have the scene make sense. <laughs> we need a thing from this guy. Is it going to happen or is it not going to happen? And usually things mess up. And this is a critical thing. And I think I said in that episode what they do very cleverly in this film, which in in bad screenwriting terms, and this is not a screenwriting podcast, would kind of get you in trouble. Is that they always, everything kind of messes up in this film, which is great because when things don't go according to plan, you kind of, you you just kind of feel for your protagonist a bit more going, oh Jesus, things have gone to shit and how are they going to get out of the situation? So you kind of go with the, oh, things have gone to shit. So always having things go to shit. Um, it's great. It's great entertainment. It's great drama. 
And uh, things. Simon just... Pegg looks older than Tom Cruise. How is that possible? Well, Simon Pegg doesn't have a bath, and <laughs> I was going to say something that would get me in trouble with Scientologists. But I, so I, so I, re- I redacted myself before I even said it. Remember, remember, well, we don't edit these. So... I know, so that's why I redacted. Be careful! <laughs> I just said no. Don't get. Don't go in there. I'm really looking forward to the next ones, seven and eight. Yeah, they're doing them back to back. Yeah, yeah, they're doing a uh, Back to the Future two and three on it. Eight is going to be set in the Wild West. <laughs> You're in a funny mood tonight, I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> Just delirious, that's all I've got. Oh my God. People have no idea. When you listen to these episodes, uh, I think people think, um, I don't know, that the, the people recording it are in the same sort of like headspace as those listening, or at least I do anyway. And you don't really take into consideration that sometimes the person doing the episode is absolutely fucking knackered. <laughs> and you are just basically getting someone who's barely uh, coherent and awake. Stop breaking. Stop breaking the mystique. Someone's having a nice relax. They're probably falling asleep to us right now. Just go, oh, I just I listen to these idiots talk as uh, they meander their way through Mission Impossible Fallout. Pee, pee, oh, pee. Stop it, Kevin. Stop it. That <laughs> might be working on them, but it's definitely working on me right now. So. <laughs> you don't need to piss, do you? <laughs> so hold on. Simon Pegg is doing a Tomorrow Never Dies on this, where he's uh, he's remote controlling the car. Such, such a rip-off. Mm. Just get, get make way. This box. is... This is such a protracted, drawn-out sequence for something which is just a ruse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's not over yet. Keeps going. It continues into the next scene. But I, I, don't, ca- I don't care because, you know what? It's good crack. It's entertaining. It's fun. <laughs> and when you actually look at it, <laughs> when you look at it too, if you look at it too deeply, this entire film, it all falls apart. It crumbles. like It falls apart like... Like uh, sand in your hands, and uh, yeah, it's uh, it doesn't hold together. Yeah, it it uh, it definitely for me it doesn't. But as I said, I went to see it twice, and that's rare for me. It's the execution of the. I enjoy characters. I enjoy the characters. These set pieces are astounding. They're so much fun, and they're actually. I went to Derry. I actually. I didn't have enough time to look at it, but there's some cool deleted scenes that maybe I should have called up for my deleted scene episode uh, from this film. And um, again, extra I like that they now have a team around Tom Cruise. I know that was such a ballsy thing to do with the first one, where they they killed off the IMF team with uh, Emilio Estevez and uh, Kirsten Scott Thomas, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Uh, Killed her and put Tom front and centre and uh, yeah, it was ballsy. I kind of I, I liked it for that, but I know I'm glad that they've brought back a team and they've put them those guys around him. So um, I would even have liked to have seen Jeremy Renner back. Jeremy Renner. But, oh yeah, yeah, he was yeah. a nice film or two, wasn't he? So what's happening in the film for who's anyone in, who's not watched this? The Tom was trying to get these nuclear warheads. It's still starting. Don't it's worry. The whole film still is still start. Set. But what? But it's but it's a genuinely good. It was an effective trick because it fooled me twice when I watched these films, and the bombs they failed in that mission to secure the warheads, and the bombs were now in a, in a hospital room, 
and uh, we're seeing Wolf Blitzer on the TV and the bombs have exploded uh, in d- different capitals. Don't there. you... When did this film come out? Was it 2018? It came out in 20. It was 2018. Yeah. Wolf Blitzer was pretty ballsy to participate in a Mission Impossible film where he is fake news. True. And (laughs) Trump was constantly going after CNN for for fake news because he didn't like what they were saying about him. So uh, that's kind of cool. The movie people, sure, I've heard Jake Tapper saying that he would absolutely jump at the chance to be in a film just delivering those reports. This this is not fake news. It's just crack for them. Like, you know, they never get newsreaders right in movies, even when they cast actual newsreaders like Independence Day, where they had um, the Sky News team. It always feels like the the dialogue that they're delivering in characters and newsreader is too heightened. It's too uh, arch. And newsreaders are much more um, mundane about events uh, but when they have them in movies it's always so breathless and if you're just tuning in right now what you're seeing is live footage it's like they don't they're not that um, shocked by what they're seeing I think when I heard Jake Tapper I think he was on a point of Conan O'Brien podcast he says now that they would the newsreader would rewrite their dialogue so they would ask they would like oh, you can rewrite you know, just so that they, it would be natural for them to say, which makes an awful lot of sense. And I think it's been like, I think this Wolf Blitzer delivery is actually pretty good. Um, so we're still it's been in the opening. Go on. 13 minutes, 13 and a half minutes. It yeah. feels longer. Yeah. When we're just it watching. It feels so much longer. Yeah. <laughs> but not when you're watching. Like, I think not when you're sitting down to watch it because like, this is a sequence. I wouldn't say this is, this is several scenes. It's a sequence. And they their mission failed. So we the first scene, which was like, you need to get these warheads. They went to try and secure the warheads. They failed. Now the explosions have happened. And I think as an audience, you're kind of going, Jesus, what's what's going to happen? The bad guys have won. We started this film with the bad guys winning. But wait a minute. They just, they all do yeah. just to get some vital information. But do you need it? I don't know. I mean, when you're watching it the first time, I was like, this is, I'm into it. I'm in, this is cool. But when you know that none of this is really that integral to the story, it's like, it's just taking longer for me to get to uh, introducing the other characters to Henry Cavill and um, Alec Baldwin and Rebecca Ferguson. And I, I want to see, I want to get into the action, start the movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's barely, yeah, it's convoluted. On the best bits, we are always uh, we're always about celebrating the stuff that we like. <laughs> mm-hmm. But um, I didn't pick this film, even though I love this film. So I need to be careful that I don't start sort of like pulling it apart uh, as I'm watching it. Because I still really like it, but I can't help doing that where I'm like, what would I have done differently? I'm just that arrogant. <laughs> don't beat yourself up. <laughs> There's the industry does that for me. Yeah, there you go. There's loads of people out there who are quite happy to beat you up. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, you interrupting co. <laughs> that was a very unintentional joke that I didn't realize I was saying. It was sure it was. It was truly uninten- unintentional. Um, and for those, does he have great hair, Tom Cruise. He, well, he does. He 
fair play to him. Again, it's all those juices that he just... Well, I don't know. I don't want to start bringing in another bodily fluid running gag into one of these audio commentaries because we've done several now and it was and it's all gone it's like the basest of humor it's the it's been um oh sorry. every time we come off one of the there he is but every time we come off wolf blitzer if you're trying to keep up with us is just torn his face off mm-hmm. revealing that he's actually simon pig in real life mm. and this whole thing was a ruse just to get some information bombs haven't gone off they're still out there someplace this whole know, elaborate a crack team. <laughs> but every time we come off one of these recordings, I uh, have this sort of like shock and and terror feeling of like, oh god, what did I say? I forgot we were recording for half that. Because <laughs> we just start talking and talking, and you forget that you're talking with a mic uh, right up under your nose. Mm. I love these opening credits and by the way the opening credits are happening now and it's like the opening credits of the film that you're going to see which is so cool it's like it's kind of like wow look how much adventure is going to happen it's great it really is like a TV show yeah I love it that theme tune as well is one of the best theme tunes like each time they repurpose it and and do a, a reworking of it it's still it's so fucking cool I love it yeah Put that on your uh, your treadmill uh, mix. I love that one for the original film. I listened to that so much. The one that was, you know, uh, Bono and the Bono. Albert. Yeah, I love that one. Yeah. So. Rammstein Air Base Germany. Rammstein. Yeah. I love this introduction to um, well, it's coming up in a, in a couple of seconds to uh, Angelica. Angelica? No, Angelica. Uh, Angela Bassett. Yeah, <laughs> Angelica Houston I was going to say Angela Bassett and um, Henry Cavill that sort of uh, um, oh god what's that uh, what's that 60s movie uh, point, uh, point Point Blank oh my god Point Break Point Blank you know no yeah. Point Blank where they, uh, the, the footsteps the click clack click clack oh, yeah. click. it reminds me of that as they introduce her because she's sort of like marching down this hallway mm-hmm. she should have been in it more to be honest with you and Alec Baldwin should have been in it more Mm-hmm. The score, I remember, again, when I watched it, the score was very impressive. Lorne Balfe did the score for this. and um, No, that's Lorne Balfe is the... Um, oh, yeah, sorry, I was getting Lalo Schifrin. Lorne Balfe, yeah, he's great. Mm-hmm. Yep, he's done a lot of good stuff. Is he married? So he's... Is he married to um, Katrina... Oh, the the actress um, she's the star of Outlander that series ugh I don't know maybe uh, yeah she's there's um, she's an Irish actress and that's uh, some that bad trivia sounds <laughs> well what was the audio commentary we did recently there we go the footsteps clacking yeah where I just started making up my own fake facts because oh it was for aliens because everyone has heard that oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah everyone's heard every bit of trivia there ever is to be heard about uh, aliens I was just making stuff up there's Henry Cavill and his incredibly expensive moustache which completely ruined oh no we didn't say it wasn't but it certainly didn't help that Justice, Justice League theatrical cut um I passed him in uh, Soho once Henry Cavill right, right. Uh, and this was this was around the time of this movie and he is wide 
He's a wide man. <laughs> so like, what, what, how wide is he? Is it like, is he? Does he take up one lane of he's traffic, like, or does he? He's like, you know, when kids get into a stand on each other's shoulders and put on an overcoat. It's like <laughs> the kids stood side by side with an overcoat over them. I'd love, I'd love it if Henry Cavill. It, re- it was revealed that Henry Cavill all along was just a bunch of kids just standing <laughs> in costume. Like, <laughs> if he got into the elevator with you, you'd be um, you'd be touching him, pressed up against the wall, pushing all the buttons. Yeah. just like sorry, people, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I'm on the next floor, there, please. <laughs> oh God. It's funny, like I, um, I don't know where you stand. That's a handsome mustache, though. It's very handsome, but God, look at look at the Justice League. They did such. I think initially what had happened was you have to mention it because it is if, because it was became such a talking point for that film because the shoots they wanted to do reshoots for Justice League, but Henry Cavill because Tom Cruise famously breaks his leg later on, and. Um, he was available for like eight weeks or six months or whatever it was, but they couldn't, he contractually had to keep his mustache. So it forced. I think it was the studios wouldn't, wouldn't play fair with each other. Yeah, that was it. Yeah. Just wanted to be awkward with each other. Paramount was saying no. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and you know, that's their problem. Mm-hmm. Warner's. So no, we're on. He's, he's a great Superman. He's got a horrible Superman costume and he's been in films that don't do the character Superman justice. So they're squandering him. Yeah. And I also think he would be a superb Bond. Yeah. But because he's done this film, I think they may they may have missed the chance to cast him as Bond. And have you seen that uh, Guy Ritchie film, uh, The Man from Uncle? And that yeah. was... I thought, that was a fun film. Yeah, I I enjoyed it at the time, but I remember being so impressed by him. I, I was like going, God, this guy's Bond. This guy really could do a really cool Bond. Um, but I agree with you. Particularly, I was, my thing about his Superman was that he, I think if you were, if you get the opportunity to play Superman, you must also have... Where are his underpants? But, but more, more to the point, where was his Clark Kent, Right. I truly yeah. didn't get a chance to see his Clark Kent. And I think as much as Superman is, uh, you know, integral to the, obviously the role, how he plays and how his character of Clark Kent is explore, explored is also vital to, to that character. And he never got that opportunity. Because they pretty much, yeah, they pretty much um, ignored that whole aspect of him. Mm-hmm. It's vital. They didn't, uh, yeah. I mean, that's one of the joys of the character is that he's unassuming. This sequence here, right, I know that they did it for live. We're talking now about the helo jump. Mm-hmm. I know they did it for real. At least Tom Cruise did. Yeah. And it's something ridiculous, like 20,000 feet up. And I've skydived from, uh, oh God, was it 12,000 feet? Bragging again. I think it was 12. Right. Um, <laughs> listen, I've not achieved much in my life, but I did jump out of a plane once and uh, I enjoyed it immensely. <laughs> but... Um, they're doing it from 20,000 feet and that is you need oxygen and that's why they're in those sort of helmet uh, providing them with their own air supply mm-hmm. but they then lacquer this whole sequence in CG 
and it sort of just spoils it. It just like look at all those CG clouds. It it now feels because obviously I suppose they they're jumping out of a plane and below them is probably all farmland, and they're trying to suggest that this is Paris. But still, get rid of the clouds and well. What I'm trying to say is that it shouldn't be this fake looking for something that was done real. Well, my question is, Kevin, were they sh- they weren't shooting this exact shot? Are they shooting right now all that set stuff? This is real with Tom so Cruise right here jumping. Up there. Right, okay. So, okay. That's real. He's really yeah, jumped out of a plane way. at yeah, 20,000 feet. Okay, so they were up in that. Okay. But for that that first shot might have maybe have been done on set. Maybe not. Probably not. Oh yeah. They didn't they didn't go up to shoot that. Yeah. 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 So that's why that's uh, that over kind of that shot so, looking down is CG. But I know what you mean. Here is CG, all this sort of stuff behind him. Also this when I because uh, I'm a bit of a score nut and I listened to the the score for the the film mm-hmm. before I'd seen it. And the se- the the music to the sequence is so exciting. And when I watch the film it's all just sort of a gag. Him jumping out of a plane, mm-hmm. and uh, Henry Cavill gets knocked unconscious by a lightning bolt, and um, and Tom has to rescue him before they land in Paris. And it feels like this is well, I know that this was a sequence that was devised before they did the film, but it doesn't feel integral to the story. This feels like you could just cut this. Yep. And there's but, another, uh, but they but they spend so much money on doing it. Uh, it's it still is exciting and exhilarating this is my point about this film is that the stunts a lot of these stunts are real and when you see a real stunt on camera it is repeatedly exciting to watch and right now oh hugely we're watching these two guys floating through the air and you know it's there's obviously an element of CG going on but you know that they are you know they are floating they are coming down I don't know how they're doing this and that really does look like when I skydived it, it is that sense of I'm not joking it is a sense of this unusual disorientation where you're upside down you're right way up you're um, everything it, it's a very weird feeling uh, where, you, where you, you don't feel like you're moving you've got the wind blasting you and that is sort of uncomfortable the sort of the force of the wind on you um, but uh it's a lot easier to do that than to uh, bungee jump I'll tell you that yeah. Tom really slammed into the side of a top of an opera house I believe would you do Did it again? He? no I didn't would you do it again? would you um, skydive again? Um, yes I, I probably would but I would never ever ever under any circumstances even if it was for charity ever bungee jump again why? because it was horrible I did three of them I would never do it again I, do you know when they say that thing of if your friend jumped off a bridge, would you jump off a bridge? Mm-hmm. Well, in my case, I would. Okay. Uh, we were on a, a coach in New Zealand and it was, um, we were coming up to the the place where bungee jumps were uh, invented, we'll say. I know that they, the, a New Zealander guy jumped off the Eiffel Tower, but there's a very famous um, bridge in New Zealand and I can't remember the name of it now. But you jump off it, it's about 54 metres up mm-hmm. and you, you're you dunked into a river below. And um, on the coach, the guy was going around saying, so we're coming up to uh, where the, the bungee jump was invented and we have a package where you can do a bungee jump for like 
$90 or whatever it was. Or you can do three bungee jumps for $110. And so everyone started putting their names down for three. Right. And uh, as soon as I got out onto the bridge and looked down, I thought, I have made a colossal fucking mistake. (laughs) And I did that bungee jump. And then the next one was double that height. And it was up a mountain um, in... Uh, was it Queen? Where was it? It was, must have been Queenstown. And the bungee cord is wrapped around your waist and you basically run off of a platform and leap into the dark. Okay. And uh, that one was not too bad, but the last one was uh, the Nevis and it was suspended between a canyon and it was eight seconds of free fall and uh, it, it was like the equivalent of jumping off of a skyscraper. Mm-hmm. And you had to you had to be winched across on a cart, and there's probably about twenty or thirty of us, and we're you're jumping by height level, and there was a glass bottom to the the cabin that we're standing on, and I was skinny because I was like twenty five, so I was near the end, so I I was on that platform for about on that cabin for about thirty minutes, watching people jump and just getting more and more and more nervous. And to cut a long story short, it was horrendous because once you get to the, once you fall and you bounce back up again and you fall again and you bounce back up again and you fall again on the third bounce, you had to grab um, a rope that was around your ankles and pull it and it would, it would cut you free so that you would immediately right yourself and you'd be in a sort of a seated position. But if you go, it went against every instinct to sort of pull that cord and write yourself up and then get winched up and I have it all on DVD but um, yeah horrible we're not talking about the film enough but we're now in the bathroom and this is one of the best sequences of the film yeah Yeah. I love this it is again here we have two guys two uh, strong tough guys and you think this is going to be simple but it never is simple it's never simple. This is a great fight scene. Yeah, I should have mentioned this in the fight scenes episode. Ah, he didn't. Well, you see, we probably covered. Nope. That's the problem. You see, that's the thing is, once you kind of cover a film, once you kind of, you know, I think you're off the hook on covering it. So now they think they've knocked him out. And <laughs> no, but that, but but um, Cavill has basically smashed the laptop off his face. Did he yeah. do this deliberately? We know that he is um, a double agent. Yes. Or he's got ulterior motives. Did he deliberately smash this laptop? Do you think? Oh, I probably. Honestly, See, with this film, it doesn't we, matter. We, we're not able to keep up. No, it, honestly, and it, and it doesn't matter because that's the thing. It's like, because you're, because I, I feel that's the trick of this film. The trick of this film is like, they go, you know that they're, the plan that they initially set out to do has has messed up. So that's what you're engaged in. You're not engaged in the 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 machinations of what the double cross is actually happening. It's not going their way. And uh, also, and plan- I call great. bullshit. I call bullshit that any uh, nightclub, uh, as the one that they walked in, where there was a thousand people out there, sort of dancing under laser lights, mm-hmm. would have a bathroom like this in it. This is like a hotel bathroom, yeah, or an airport bathroom. The- this film is so far fetched. I believe the helo jump more than this. <laughs> there was a, a deleted, the deleted scene, the cool deleted stunt scene that we actually missed out on was when they were above that dance floor there was a whole elaborate thing where Ethan Hunt is trying to go across these wires and here's the fight now this is it oh my god 
It's so ferocious. <laughs> Punch him in the neck. That's what's cool about this guy. This guy is absolutely making bits of these two lads. See, you're talking about you've done bungee jumps and all that sort of stuff. I've ripped pipes out of bathroom walls and kicked the shit out of lads. You know, just, but I just don't want to brag, you know. In a suit? <laughs> there's not much oh, give in a suit. I bet those suits are all stretchy. There, There's not much give, but you know what? Even despite though, that extra stitching. I still get there it is. He's gonna he's gonna unload it. He's gonna reload his yeah. arms like shotguns. <laughs> Don't yeah. dumb. It's a very cool move. I love it. It is. I'm sorry. We're quiet now because this is absolutely fantastic. Somebody pointed out that Henry Cavill has pterodactyl arms, and when when not pterodactyl, Tyrannosaurus Rex arms, and um, short arms. Yeah. Once it gets pointed out, I'm like, yeah. Maybe he does. Maybe it's because he's so wide in the chest. Maybe that's the thing. <laughs> wide. Yeah. yeah. But like, basically... we're also, the, the kids who are inside him operating have short arms. So seven-year-old boys, you know, have short arms. Yeah, they're side by side. They're wide, but their arms aren't very long. This is a great introduction. Yeah. Uh-huh. Arr? <laughs> Aruka. <laughs> Shit. Again, it's just everything's and for those of you that are listening along, uh, Tom Cruise is dancing right now in a white suit, and uh, <laughs> it's what's an amazing is, sequence, Dave. What's happened? Don't listen to Kevin. What's happened is, uh, they, Tom Cruise was just about to be shot by the guy that they were supposed to, um, um, whatever, get his identity, and uh, he was saved at the last second, yeah. Okay, explain, <laughs> no, don't skip over that, explain it. He they need to do what. They're trying to get the guy's identity. They're, they're trying to get his identity so they can go into the VIP area. Am I right in saying that? I have no idea. Uh, listen, this film is just on. I don't and know now, what's happening. And now they don't have his. So now they don't have his phone. They don't have. They don't have his identity, and yet they'll still go into the VIP area. They're, they got his band. Okay, so they got his wristband. And all of a sudden, we don't know why Rebecca Ferguson's there. Oh, I love this quick. So as if these, that would be, as if oh, a nosebleed would be that. <laughs> yeah. So these three guys just walked in, and uh, it was quick, quick thinking by Rebecca Ferguson's character. Just go, oh, he's got a bad nosebleed. I wouldn't leave though. It's a big enough bathroom. I'd just go around the corner to the other cubicles. Mm-hmm. See that this is film is just so far fetched. <laughs> so the last time she did a deal with Ethan and she got to return to MI5 I think oh I can't remember can't remember either way she's Danish and she works for MI5 or MI6 I haven't seen Rogue Nation since the cinema and I remember enjoying the hell out of it but like literally I hadn't seen it since then but I do want to go back and, and watch all these definitely and Tom Cruise is playing John Hunter Ethan Hawk. <laughs> Ethan Locke, here we go, nightclub. <laughs> so coming up, they're going to introduce Vanessa Kirby's character, the widow, the white widow. And watch for it. She is singing. She's standing on stage and she's singing. But they have dubbed it and done a reshoot to make it look like she's giving a speech. But it's so obvious that she was originally a singer. And no. 
Yeah, when you watch it now, just you'll see her body language and the way she's holding and the mic that she's holding is a singer's microphone. And uh, everybody is there to watch a performance of her and they have changed it to make her the daughter of Max, uh, the um, the character from the first film. Oh my Lord. Was it Vanessa Redgrave? Or Lynn Redgrave? Who was the Redgrave? It was one of the Redgraves. He was a Redgrave, yeah. Oh my Lord. So, so here we are. So this is, this what, is the shot. She, going in. She's singing and they're trying to tell us that she's giving a speech. Oh my God. God. Yeah, the, she's, there's no it light on her. Make, she's in the dark. No. And what kind of a, a, a format would this be for a speech? Look, the woman is dancing in the background. Oh my God, that's dancing. amazing. <laughs> and they, they sort of had Vanessa sort of slightly shift her body weight to make it look like she's talking in a sultry sort of like slinky way. But that's a singer. Watch now again, you'll see her. Um, look, that's someone singing yeah. on stage. Yeah. There, yeah, she's singing. definitely singing. Oh my God. Yeah. I didn't know this. <laughs> and why would people be getting up and walking around and having conversations amongst each other while she's giving a speech on stage? Wow. does not make any sense whatsoever. But this is like in the, you know, editing bay, I suppose. Wouldn't it be great if she actually was tied into the first film? We can make her Max's daughter. I love that. Let's go back and we can get rid of her singing and have her telling everybody as Max's daughter, I am important to the story. This is so mad. Like, I honestly never copped that until you're saying it right now, that she, is, that she was Max's daughter. I, it just goes to show how much... And her dress is all stained. Or is it actually, is that the pattern on her dress? It looks like she's literally been eating soup and Mr. F- Mr. about at least three times. See it? Oh, yeah. Was not yeah, it's, like a, a gold, it. it's a gold pattern on her dress. No, it's just a stylish oh. dress. She had a white. What's her character's name? She's the, is she the white widow? Yeah, she's the white widow. She, yeah, look at the, she's got a spider kind of uh, brooch. Shit's gonna go down now. All these peaker, peaky blinder characters came in. But doesn't she slit somebody's throat or something? Mm-hmm. Because she's a strong, confident, capable woman. Mm-hmm. She's sassy. <laughs> what were we talking about last night? Sassy and fat. Is that what we're, we're in our sassy and fat piece of sassy fat? Stage. No, I said, I said I'm fat and sassy. Fat and sassy. Uh, <laughs> oh God, what did we say that on? I don't. Oh, I think it might have been alien. No idea. It doesn't matter. There, there's always, with every scene in this, there are no dull scenes in this film. There's always a sense of good tension, and it just rips along. And that's and very soon we've had one of the best fight scenes, uh, bathroom bite fight scenes ever, which might match Eastern Promises. And we're going to have another cool one right now. 
Oh. <laughs> yeah, I just killed someone. My god, she's so turned on by murder. You stabbed him in the heart. I want you inside me. <laughs> you, you seem like a, a good home builder. I can stab too. <laughs> like, Jesus Christ. Savage. Oh my god. She thinks she's Trinity. And now she's helping him out. But for all you listeners... Um, Did you see Rebecca Ferguson's swinging kick there? That was impressive. That was very impressive. But for all you listeners, um, you who probably are... Oh yeah, we're recording a commentary. <laughs> yeah. Um, you, if you don't know what's going on, neither do we, because what's happened... Because I genuinely don't know. Tom Cruise has walked into this nightclub and he's walked out with um, Vanessa Corby's character and they punched and killed some guys and um, everyone's kind of killed... At least had a chance to kill someone. So... No one's been left out of the party. Everyone's had a chance to murder. And uh, they they're on the no call sheet. What are you doing tonight? I'm stabbing someone. Oh, me too. I, to me, I'd love to. Are you? Uh, can I stab someone as well? It's going to take. Why not? Two weeks to film. <laughs> I'm just thinking about if this was in real life. It's um, just carrying on about their business. Not a care in the world. Have you ever stabbed taken. anyone? Today? <laughs> just in general. <laughs> Just in general. Oh, God. My, I remember, my, I fondly remember my first stabbing. Oh, yes. It was good crack. Uh, I was in Paris and, um, yeah, it was, uh, it was just, uh, look, it was the chef's fault. He, he made the wrong order. And, um, I think I was totally entitled to go into the kitchen and demand that he recook. Your shoes are tight, Will. <laughs> No, have you have you stabbed anyone, Kevin? No, Will, I'm not that type of person. Yeah. I'd hammer them, but I wouldn't <laughs> use a knife. So, coming back to the film, right? Something else is happening, where they have, like, little models. They have a map of Paris. They're pointing at maps. I love in movies when they point at maps. <laughs> you know, something's supposed to happen. Oh, this is, they're extracting the uh, the bad guy. They're, uh, they're, uh, yeah, they're trying to do a... So, right, okay, here's another another thing where I think that this was originally the plot of the movie and um, they decided to re... Is it the sequence? Don't they have this moment where there's sort of like a, a what if? Oh, there is a what if oh, in this, yeah. later yeah. on. No, this is when they get to it, the what if happens. It's like a what if, oh, this is what if happens, but in actual fact, a different, um, turn, a different chain of and events he, actually happens. He kills a Kill. police woman, doesn't he? Or somebody. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, it's and I think that if. that was part of the plot. And they decided to change course in uh, true, you know, sh- doing reshoots and what have you. Because it's too elaborate and too expensive of a, of a sequence to shoot it for a, a, a throwaway sort of like what if, fake out, a, a dream scene, essentially. Uh, it just doesn't, I don't buy it. I think it's them repurposing footage. Because you watch it and think, oh, that's interesting. No, Ethan's gone bad. He's gone rogue again. Always in these spy movies that they go rogue. They go rogue. Because they're all just naughty little rogues. Just, oh, he's a right rogue, that fellow. I don't know if you're Irish and listen to this, you know what I mean. Little cunts. 
<laughs> He's a roguish cunt. <laughs> well, you know, probably Tom Cruise's leg break was a, a blessing in disguise for this film in the sense that they got these extra few months. And it's, it's good that they wrote the, uh, they wrote the um, serial number on the orb so that we know that it's real. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's how you know. Wrote it with, wrote it with uh, crayon as well. Um, but yeah, they got that extra time to try and r- figure out what was going on and figure out the story and figure out the script a little bit more. And um, that's uh, if you listen to that, the story... Oh, here we go. This is it. Mm-hmm. This is the st- I think this was really part of the film. Wow. And they changed course. It just doesn't feel like something that you would... It also was a very awkward sort of like scenario of, of what... Uh, Ethan is like imagining what could happen to him if he doesn't stick to his guns, if he's not moral. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't, uh, it's like Get presenting real. him being slightly um, mentally unsound. For any of you video games out there, video gamers out there, you all might remember uh, the kind of highly controversial uh, level in Call of Duty, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 in which you basically are playing this scenario. You are a Russian terrorist and you go into a an airport and you the idea is you start executing as a terrorist, executing like innocence. And it was highly controversial and it was deeply weird and uh, felt very uncomfortable to play through where you're gunning down innocent people. But yeah, I know what you're talking about now. We go to this whole thing where Ethan, Ethan Hawk has, Ethan Hunt, God, I've set up by, I set up for a joke and now it's gone into my head, where he has to execute a. Yeah, like this, a, this to me feels like it was part of, a, of the movie at some stage. It's too drawn out and too elaborate to be just a throwaway like that. That doesn't make mm-hmm. any sense to me. I get you. Kill everyone. And if you don't remember, there was, I, I, I think I, I was really proud of the story I pulled out in the Run Tom Cruise Run episode about Christopher McQuarrie and how he has kind of made work. Tom Cruising speed. It was episode one, two, three, four. Probably was four, wasn't it? Because <laughs> people won't know what episode. Four, wasn't it? And yeah, the story basically of how Christopher Macquarie has kind of worked and how he's how he was so successful in making things up on the fly from the likes of the usual suspects uh, and and had his ability to be able to just uh, just figure it out as he was going along, literally, and how he's now become the perfect shepherd for these Mission Impossible films where they literally make this story up as they go along and kind of piece it together on the fly. It's nuts. Very expensive gambling, but, you know. They had the chase sequence with him pursuing Henry Cavill across London. Mm-hmm. And uh, they knew that he was going to be chasing him, but they didn't know why he was chasing him. So that is the sort of the, uh, the extent of how much these films are reorganized and rewritten during production which is a chaotic way to work like so crazy but uh, I think Tom 
loves chaos and he loves, um, well, you can't really say that, I suppose. He loves uh, high-stress situations, I think. Mm. He thrives in it. Yeah. So now we have Henry Cavill talking to Angela Bassett, his boss in the CIA, and making the case that he believes John, sorry, Ethan Hunt is the bad, is John Lark is the double agent. Um, and it's pretty much now we get our first clue that, hang on a second, Henry Cavill isn't all he seems to be. I knew immediately from the moustache. The moustache. <laughs> the evil moustache. <laughs> and the kind of like the 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 long the nine o'clock shadow or five o'clock shadow, you know, was well, kind of a bit longer than that. Um that's definitely evil. How many times has Hunt's government betrayed him, disavowed him, cast him aside, and how long before a man like that You were talking about um Call of Duty, but I used to love with Grand Theft Auto just smacking shit out of the people the, along the street and uh, just going on wild goose chases and getting the police to chase me. Oh, my God. Oh. <laughs> I used to like... Hijacking fire engines and just like <laughs> mowing people down. I used to like... As the, the, the sirens just keep getting louder and louder and louder. And I'm like, I'm not stopping. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> and meanwhile, I used to enjoy playing it or being the, the traffic signals and making... <laughs> It just shows up different personalities. No, it's a red light. I shall not cross the red light. I shall not. No, here we go. I'm like, are you a hooker? Let me smack the shit out of you for 50 bucks. (laughs) No, we have that that sequence that... um... From the Dark Knight. Yeah, it's a great sequence. (laughs) We have this, the the escape or the, the prison break. Prisoner, prisoner break sequence. Yeah, all those mastus. Hi, yeah. How's it going? Good, Grant. It's a cool sequence, though. Yeah. Every action sequence in this film is a cool sequence. It's uh, shot really well, and uh, it's there's great clarity in its. Um, in its editing, in its uh, the way it's blocked, and it's the way it's edited together. It's uh, very well put together action film. Why would they transfer a prisoner in the center of Paris? Oh, I know you shouldn't be asking these questions in a movie. Shouldn't be asking that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But when I'm writing, I can sometimes get completely hung up and stuck on characters just traveling from one location to another and if I can't get that transition to work in my head if I can't picture a smooth way to get from one sequence to another I can be stuck in that for ages and half the time people don't even notice it's just like well you don't need to show them driving there you just cut to them being there and we know that they they don't have uh, teleportation abilities they just travel there for some reason as a writer I get so caught up in like well it would have taken them hours to drive there, so it's nighttime when they get there, and blah 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 blah. The logic, the logic, it's it's I, I, you know what? I want to uh, acknowledge the editor of this film. What's his name? He was a guy. Eddie Hamilton's his name. 
and he's worked a lot with the likes of Matthew Vaughn and, and his films, and he's done a heap of these Mission Impossible films. Um, a heap. A heap <laughs> for those listening at home who aren't Irish is like a, it's an extra helping of a heap. <laughs> Quite an amount. Quite an amount. And then if we say at any stage that they've made a hams of it, which we're not going to say with this film, <laughs> that would mean that they've made a fierce mess of it. Yeah. <laughs> Balls it up rightly. I know it's probably the same in the, in the UK, but like our, um, our even our dialect, our colloquial dialect changes so much from county to county. You know, you, we've got this, things that Kevin and myself would know from Cork, and probably you have different words in Cork City than I had in Northwest Cork. But right now, I live in Donegal, and um, it took me two years to get the the local dialect right. Like, um, like if I'd said, they're probably Kevin, speaking Irish. Oh no! Well, don't even go with Irish because it's a totally different Irish. Like my my kids in school and the Irish he's learning, it's the same words on page, but how they pronounce it's totally different. But like yeah. if I said to you, Kevin, um, we do you mind a wild hand? Do you mind a wild hand we had in the bray with the Waynes the other night? Do you do you, what? Do you understand? Yeah, I'll say it to you again. Do you mind the wild hand we had in the bray with the Waynes the other night? I literally said that's a wait, no, let me, wait, 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 wait. Do you mind the wild handling we had with the Waynes the other night? With the Waynes? Do you, do you mind the wild handling we had with the Waynes on the Bray the other night? Waynes is no. kids. Yeah, we So ones. do you mind? Do you do you care about no, no. something? Do you mind? Do you mind would be yeah. do you mind if I get past you? So why would that be different than Donegal? What is it? Do you remember? Mind is do you remember? So do you remember? Ah, uh, they're talking mm-hmm. shite. That's what they do. That's so the what, dialect. What exactly did that mean? So I was do saying, you mind? do you do you remember? Tight handling would be the the bad situation. A tight handling. If you said something was a handling up here, it says Jesus. Do you remember that mess? But if you said it was a tight handle, you said Jesus. That was a serious mess. That was a serious. Are you saying situation. handle or handling? Han- handling. Handling. Uh, on the, on that's the not bray. English at all no it's not it's it's literally it's colloquial words bray is another word for hill so uh, bray <laughs> is a hill um, uh, yeah so I just said you remember the bad situation we had with the children on the hill the other night um, so yeah you can understand what's going on with the children oh I don't <laughs> know they were you know they were in Donegal so they were doing interesting things um, chasing sheep and stuff like that so now we're back with this action sequence and Tom's hijacked the hijack. Ha ha! And all the bad guys have been dumped out the back in very economical, in a very economical way. I love a car chase. I think that every single film can be improved by a car chase. It's a cool shot with this the, 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 the police truck being submerged and the bad guy. I love that fixed, that fixed camera shot as it, as it fills up with water. It's become a bit of a trope, though, in movies that when they want to give the female lead an action sequence, they give her the car chase. So they always have her as the uh, the driver. Oh, okay. And, um, yeah. Go back and check out episode three, guys. <laughs> Was it three? Best chasings. Best chasing. Yes. Yeah. Back when that was... When we very foolishly said, well, let's do, let's split this and let's do like 15 minutes 
a topic. Oh my Do a topic god. Each. Could you imagine? We'd be dead by now. <laughs> now one episode could nearly go as long as 90 minutes and one topic alone. It has. The, the last one that I edited was 90 minutes. Purely so because yeah. I couldn't stand you constantly having longer episodes than me. <laughs> Got to get... Yeah, my, my, this oh, is look, a cool this is cool. Yeah, we We're literally saying the same thing. thing. They're driving their <laughs> truck down this really narrow uh, Parisian street with the the gendarmes, everyone chasing them. <laughs> and he, oh, I, I was so cool, and they, they block him. I love it. If we would do, if we were editing an episode now, or if I was editing an episode now, what I would have done in that scenario is because I just repeated exactly what Will said, I would then go back and I would lay my track down to say, <laughs> we are literally saying the same thing at the exact same time as each other. <laughs> <laughs> but in my ear, we did say it at the same time, because so, we have a delay, but in my ear, it said, it said it at the same time. No, so but I Tom- repeated you. Oh, did you? Oh, After right, that. okay. Yeah. I- okay. <laughs> oh, no. Um, We've gone so off the rails. They've rescued so, Solomon Cain, uh, yeah. Simon Pegg, and um, uh, Ving Rhames. Mm-hmm. I was just going to go and, <laughs> and they were... Uh, they were driving down the Seine. Isn't that the river in France? Paris? That's the one. Paris, that's the one. Uh, oh, yeah, here's this, like... I won't get to wait till we get to it. The, the the actual female police officers coming up. Oh yeah, that's real fun. Well, nothing really happens, bro. See, that's I do love that it's shot, you know, anamorphic. Yeah, I love those little camera distortions when they they pull focus. Mm-hmm. This is an excellently shot motorbike uh, scene. Like Jesus, I know that's CG, but it yeah it was. A, pretty good CG thing um like cool bike yeah it looks very convincing like the thing about it is that you go into these films as well kind of knowing oh, that, that is Tom Cruise yeah <laughs> most of these things yeah it's probably yeah, it's probably Tom Cruise right there doing that for real can you imagine what he's going to be doing in the 7th and 8th one He's going to have Heart to go to space, isn't he? Heart surgery. That's. The, I won't be happy unless I actually see him do real heart surgery on someone. Like On someone else or on himself? Well, that would be something else, but I'd, I'd take on someone else. That would be absolutely horrendous and so unethical, and I imagine that it's in consideration. Does he get blasted I can do that. I, I, can, I can save a man's <laughs> yeah. life. Yeah, yeah, let's do it, let's do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Give me the scalpel. I cut. I cut anything. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> yeah! <laughs> yeah! Yeah, it's good, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just like that. <laughs> I just opened his ribcage. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! What were we? Oh no, I'm not going to say it. Damn it! This is this is why I like doing the actual episodes because we can say stuff and then cut it out. It's going to say say something here on. Um, because you said something on one of the episodes. I think. Oops! There he goes. 
Oh my over the, god. For our American listeners, he went over the hood of the car. <laughs> and for everyone else, he went over the he bonnet. Over the bonnet. <laughs> he went, <laughs> he went okay. ass over elbow. No, that's that he's running. It's a tight handle. Maybe that was after he broke his uh yeah, after he broke his um foot. Because he's running like yeah. an idiot. Yeah, not an idiot, but like a good. Again, he was only a few feet from his escape route, and um, the timing of that amazing. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You're you are just going with the energy of the scene. It doesn't matter one bit. You felt that he wasn't getting away. There was enough uh, of that chase that that cat and mouse um, sense that he's going to get caught. Enough of that sense that he he was in danger. So th- that so that when he actually eventually escapes, you're like going, "Oh, he did it! Wow, I can't believe it! He should be dead several times over." Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Woo. <laughs> this is cool, though. I is this real? Is there uh, underground? So. What's like even called this? It feels like it's real. I, I can see it with my eyes, so it must be real. It's probably. Beneath Disneyland Paris or something. It's like a road. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Name all the characters. We've got Ethan Hawke. Yes. <laughs> Simon Pegg. We've. Si- no, know. what's his character Hang name? On. Simon Pegg. <laughs> no. Brains. Specs. Benji. Benji. Okay. Benji. Specs. Then you have. Then you have Ving Rhames. Who's Ving Rhames playing? Uh, he plays Cool Guy Eddie. No. He's been in like he's five Hats of these Magoo. films. Hats Magoo. He's Luther. Oh, okay. And Then Henry we have Cavill. Henry Cavill. Who's Henry Cavill playing? Clark Kent. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. Well, um, John Lark. Actually, I don't know his name. John Lark, I think. Yeah. But he's, uh, he's, John Lark's the bad guy. Alec- yeah, but fuck it. He, he's playing Mr. Mustache. And then you have Alec Baldwin. And who's he playing? Mother this Teresa. is his second film. He's playing Hunley. Hunley? Ooh, that's goodly. Yeah. And um, Vanessa Ferguson. Kirby's the White Widow. Okay. And Rebecca oh, Ferguson sh- is... Uh, Max Von Cito. <laughs> Are you pissed? Um, I can't remember her name actually. It, it, oh, it's it's Isla. Is it Isla or Elsa? Okay. Elsa. I, I, Ilya. Right. And then you have um, Michelle Moynihan. She's playing his wife, whose name was. Oh God. Peggy. <laughs> no, was it? They, they, always in American movies, not always. Every time I say always, I have to backtrack and go sometimes, oftentimes, frequently. Characters in, in American movies are either called Kate and John or Jack. Yeah. So she's probably Kate. You said earlier on that it's going to be all right for that female police officer in this in this scene. And the only reassurance I have here is that she's been shot. But Ethan Hunt has just said to her, you'll be all right. Don't worry. I'll call them for backup, backup. But I don't think she's going to be... She's got... That didn't end out too well for her. And Yeah, she's but, grand. She's grand. But I liked... I li- Again, that was a good scene 
again, it was a good scene in the context of the film. It was like they were just about to get away, and then just a happenstance that an officer was standing at the doorway. It's that's that's for me is good writing. That's good writing where all of a sudden you think you're going to get away with it and just throw another obstacle, another little. She's playing Michelle Monaghan's playing Julia. Oh, okay. Sorry, I was looking at my phone there instead of watching the film. But I like to replicate the sort of experience of being in the cinema. (laughs) I was just going to say, that's why I will never go to the cinema with you, Kevin. (laughs) See, again, it's not one of these fake-out things where it looks like she shot him in the head. Yeah. And then she just keeps missing. And the film is just filled with those sort of, like, false promises of, of... a huge escalation until the very end and then uh, I'm with it does really but, does escalate yeah it does clipped when, in the ear oh my god how convenient mm-hmm. but perhaps we're supposed to think that maybe she deliberately missed him I don't know cool chasing though doesn't this matter really feels like does really feel like it's been 25 minutes of car chases yep yeah it is and, it, it this, and, and listen, as I, you know, you, you always, I, I always say, I'm watching this without any sound, and it has been fun to watch. It has just been exhilarating, great editing, and um, it feels real. Versus, I watched, I was, went back to the, today I was at the cinema for, for, for the first time this year, Kevin. For the first time this year. And uh, what did you see? Peter Rabbit 2. I, well, the kids didn't want to see it. I fucking wanted to see it. I said, shut up, kids. We're not seeing A Quiet Place 2. We are seeing Peter Rabbit 2, all right? And, um, of course, I'm joking. Yeah, we went as a family trip. And it was glorious. No, you're not. You're not joking at all. <laughs> I, enjoy, I enjoyed I enjoyed Peter Rabbit 2. It was actually um, a lot more fun and not as obnoxious as I thought it would be. But the one thing that was really, that really irritated me about the film were there were a couple of these visual the, gags. With the rabbits added, like rabbits? I'll tell you what there's a CG element that really irritated me where they replaced some humans with some really bad human CG uh, stunt doubles like it was like you know early 2000s rubbery human CG stuff and it was just like oh it kills the moment like the, the joke and it was there for a joke but the joke had already happened and then they threw in the CG stuff and it just went oh why that's a waste of money that's the gag happened but anyway, that's my uh, rant about Peter Rabbit 2. It, let's just say it won't be in our best bits. It won't be one of our best bits going forward. But Can I ask you a question, it up, It's no part of the best bits podcast, so I mean... <laughs> Can I ask you a question? What can, happened yep. to Benji and Luther? Like, where are they? Because <laughs> I'm just talking what happened to them. <laughs> they, um, they were in the back seat, and I think they fell out of the car. Or is it one of those joke back seats or the ones that you see in Bond where the, the, the seats just kind of like inverts on itself could, and it's walloped? I think they got out of the car. Is she stupid? Why does she keep missing him? He's right in front of her. And now he's just okay. smashed into it. Like, this feels, again, like this was a sequence before they had the scenes where they met each other and talked up. This feels like her introduction into the movie. Okay. Not like yeah, everything that's happened before that. All of a sudden, she, yeah, she's mysteriously behind this. Uh, yeah, it feels like now she's a mysterious figure. It's like, oh, it's her. It's just her. Right. Yeah, it her. just feels like that this was the, the, the way they were going to introduce her into the film. Oh, yeah. That's a good point. That's a very good point. Because if you the said whole film they... feels like very slap, like not slapped together because that's, again, I like this film. 
but there's a lot of things about it where the vibe is slightly off and I feel like this feels like it's been stitched together with interstitial plot scenes and they've sort of shuffleboarded around all the the sequences that they they were shooting without knowing where they, they go. You're kind of ruining this film for me now because what everything you're saying is absolutely valid. And we know that they did. We, we know that they did do that. We know that they just, they dispatched this film together. So I think, I think we have to, as an audience, we have to embrace that this is a part of the process of the Mission Impossible franchise and almost applaud it when you come out the other end and go, wow, that was a cracking film. And it kind of doesn't make sense, but somehow they made it kind of made sense. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> That's a good Tom laugh. It really is. Uh, <laughs> you just gotta, you just gotta go for like faking it and slightly psychotic. Yeah, push, Woo! push it out. <laughs> Almost like the Joker laugh. Oh God! And if you are wondering where we are in the film. Oh, yeah. Tom Cruise is still dancing in his white suit, <laughs> but he's got amazing moves. <laughs> They're in the catacombs in somewhere in Paris, and they have uh, the bad guy, and they're doing some sort of scan and on his neck. They're checking a mole. Tom is he's obviously Tom is dancing for him. He's basically he's he's seated before him, and Tom is sort of doing a very seductive dance he's, in order to hypnotize him. Because Tom is wearing this outfit. <laughs> Tom, no, Tom is wearing one of the Mission Impossible uh, face disguises. So he's actually dressed as Angela Bassett's character, and he's dancing like crazy right now. He's just gyro. It's like remember that scene in Star Trek when Uhura was doing the dances. Star Trek Five. Yeah, never forget it's, it. It's like that, but if you turn up the speed to about two point five. <laughs> the hips. And we know that Tom did this for real. <laughs> Kevin, can I ask you a um a beer uh, a beer question, right? Which is I don't know why you call it a beer question, but it's a question of if you so they have this amazing technology where they can take scans of people's faces and uh, replicate their voice boxes of so you you're literally the double of someone. If you could be the double of someone for a day, who would it be? Jeff Bezos, and I would transfer over as much wealth as I could into my bank account. But you're only his double. So like you are where you are. So you're literally just walking around as an identity. So you don't have access to his bank accounts and stuff like that. So it's literally you have to take the kind of practicalities of like, you know, you're living. All you are is that all that changes about you is how you look and how you sound just for a day. Uh, well then well then I would uh, I would choose to be Boris Johnson and I would go on Sky News and admit that and announce that I'm resigning effective immediately okay wow and that Brexit was a mistake and uh, and I'm sacking the entire Tory government that's what I would do wow you took that that um, hypothetical very seriously, Kevin. Far more. See, serious. if I was, if I was in Miss America, and you give me the world peace question, 
Yeah. I would nail it. I'd smash it. I'd what would like, you say? Uh, yeah. You, you would say world I, peace. Yeah, I want world peace. Yeah. yeah, give me the give me the world peace, you bastards. <laughs> what was that joke from? Uh, was it Drop Dead Gorgeous? Where um, William Shatner asks, "Oh no, was it in um, was it in uh, the the Sandra Bullock movie? There was one of them anyway." Where Miss Congeniality. Yeah, he says, um, "Describe your favorite. Uh, describe your ideal date." And the uh, the contestant goes, um, "Hmm." And I'm paraphrasing here. I'd have to say it would be April 24th. <laughs> and he just looks at me. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> good one. <laughs> Drop the Gorgeous is a very good film, though. It doesn't get... Um, yeah. I wanted to mention that on mockumentaries, and I forgot about I it. I should have brought it up. I, it was on my long list. I should have brought it up. It was on my long list. And now we're being reintroduced to uh, Rebecca Ferguson for the third yeah. time. Yeah. And her character is Ilsa? Is it Ilsa? Yeah. I think it's Ilsa. Excuse me. I think it's Ilsa Faust. Mm, okay. It's not a very English name. Do you think should be called Kate? Because remember, they had ideas about this franchise. The idea was when they had Jeremy Renner in for a while that the word was Jeremy Renner is going to take over the role. Like you know, this is going to be a totally different team. And it was at that period where Jeremy Jeremy Renner was being touted to take over another the other action franchise, the Bourne franchise. When they gave him the lead of that film that I never saw. And um, who's this? Jeremy Jeremy Renner. Jer- Jer- Jiminy Cricket, no, Jeremy, Jeremy Renner. Um, Germany. Germany. It's actually, a, that's a nice, it's a nice little shot, this. But why are they Jeez, having this I big, long, drawn out, like, you know, come to Jesus, let's talk. They've already talked. It's so it sort of cool. like, this is like the first time that they're getting to speak to each other after he tried to kill her. But they've God, already yes. had a whole sequence in the bathroom. Well, he saved, yeah. well, she saved his life. This is strange to me. Strange structuring. And the way it's that she's speaking to him. It's but the way that she's speaking to him is like, uh, you need to walk away. I can't do that. You weren't at the Palais to kill Lark? No. You were there to protect him? Yes. <laughs> Excuse me for I think I just turned on the actual audio for the film because uh, wow your 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 impression impersonation of both those actors is amazing. I can never do you know they say that you're supposed to um say aloud your dialogue mm-hmm. in order because sometimes you'll say certain things like uh, the rural juror the gag from 30 Rock where yeah it looks okay on paper but you can't actually say those words. Rural and um juror. the rural juror yeah. Uh that was uh, the G- Jenna Krakowski. Oh, what was the character? Je- Jenna. Jen. Jenna was yeah. in a movie and the, the movie was called The Rural Juror and no one could say it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, I can't perform my own dialogue, even though I know how it's supposed to be delivered. But if I was to act it out, it just sounds shit. 
do you so you never hear your own dialogue like read aloud oh i do well oh, i do I, yeah I, uh, oh if you don't read it well. yeah i do i read it aloud just to make sure that they uh, there are no um there it the words aren't clashing or it's not sort of uh there's any repetition to it but i cannot perform okay. it i can't act it out i'm just not able to um oh right okay yeah yeah i would i'll often be I'll often be sitting in complete silence and I'll, and I'll say something like, um, how could you do that? And the dog will like look at me like going, what? Because I've just basically started talking to myself in a really yeah. impassioned way because I just was immediately in the scene that I was uh, trying to uh, write. Being a screenwriter is a weird, weird job. Mm-hmm. Don't do Here it. Here we go. Another dream sequence. I love Michelle Moynihan. I, I wish she was in more meatier roles in films. What's your favorite things that she's been in? I know she was uh, in that, um, Kiss, Jane Kiss, Black Bang, Black. Bang. That's the one, yeah. Um, True Detective, the first series. Oh, yes. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, she's very good in that. Oh, no. oh, it's the widow's back again. Now, who are we pulling focus on? And now she's gone from there to there. Yeah, this is conf- so uh, listeners, if you're confused, we're confused. Um, we're back in London. This is okay. This is definitely London. This now looks like <laughs> London. We're in London, definitely. I saw, I saw a uh, big red bus, mate. That was my uh. <laughs> Accent. Fuck. Fucking hell, right. mate. Fucking right. hell. All right, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I I, I'm renowned for my, my inability to do accents. I'm quite good at doing them, but I forget them if I if I don't practice. So I need to be around somebody. And then I, oh, I can pick it up. But it, it sort of like fades quite quickly. But I, uh, I love just saying like, fucking hell. Fuck, fuck me, mate, mate, mate. Fucking hell, mate. So here we go. Now, now we're going to have another double cross, right? So we're in London. We've gone. We've got an underground base, some sort of catacomby kind of base again. They've met uh, Alec Baldwin's character. We've already said his name. He's hung, hung, ugly, ugly, fucking, fucking ugly, mate, fucking ugly, ugly. Don't, and now, don't be bastard. <laughs> <laughs> and now something's going to happen where they're going to... Um, shit's going that was to on, reveal itself. That was on the call sheet. Something's going to happen. <laughs> Just get everybody together. Tom is going to figure it out and something's going to happen. <laughs> God damn it, Tom. You've been saying that for a month. I got to get back. I got to get back to shoot 30 Rock. God damn it. That was my impression of uh, Even if I have to trade Henry Cavill. The real Look at his jawline. You could play in a door with that jawline. <laughs> it is incredibly square. It's incredibly square. And he's tall. He seems to be quite a tall man as well. He's very white. You say I don't know if I mentioned that. 
You did. Wine. Yeah. I feel like I've been watching this film for about a week. When I was when I was in the cinema watching this, I was like going, "Fucking hell, mate! <laughs> Fucking dragon, mate! Hurry up!" Fuck me. And you know what the other thing as well here, Kevin, right? Is we've been deprived of being able to hear the score. And it just goes to show sometimes how vital the score is for keeping the energy of a scene up. Because this scene right here is fairly, not totally static, but fairly, it's a static location, but a fairly static, a lot of static shots going on here. And I'm sure if we were listening to the score, it would be providing some energy to the the scene. It It would definitely have helped the scene where Tom was dancing. Because, you know, all the other characters were jiggling along as he was, like, getting into it. So I know that I would have been jiggling as well here, like, going, yeah, fucking shake what your mama gave you, Tom. But, no, I love so many mediocre films for their great music. A lot of John Carpenter films, actually. I love some of his, um, his lesser quality films. Because the music is so great. Christ, Christine is not my favourite Carpenter film, but I love that score. Did you, did you ever see, I love those YouTube clips where they, it's like clips from famous films, where they, where they remove all the sound effects and they re- remove all the music <laughs> and they just put in like the grunting and they just go to... <laughs> <laughs> the, the, best, the best one of those is... um. Dancing in the Street with uh, Mick Jagger and David Bowie. And it's like, how? Like the shoes scuffing on the floor. It's so funny. I loved him. Oh, There's one with Britney Spears as well, where she's wearing the red cat suit, and it's like it's squeaking, and she's like, oh, uh, uh, oh, bad, 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 bad. It's so clever. Oh, we're so, oh, we're such professionals. <laughs> Fact is, it is it is genuine. I get such a kick out of that stuff. I get such a kick out of it. The reason I was thinking it is because hello and welcome uh, to the best bits, a podcast about screenwriting and things that are interesting to screenwriters. For a second, I just went. Is that our intro? Oh God! Oh God! What have we made? What have we made? I can't do it. I'm laughing too much. I can't do it. <laughs> oh, God. That's right, John. <laughs> but yeah, oh yeah, you're talking about scores for mediocre films, right? And I'm going to throw one out there because, I mean, if you watch... Don't you dare say grabbers. <laughs> if you throw out, right, watch the first Beverly Hills Cop, right? And watch it with an ear to how much work 
that score is doing. You know, that Axel Foley team tune. Boom, bum, 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 bum. Like, if you took that out, it would be dire. It would really be so flat. And so, like, that's the score in that film does so much work for getting you into it. What are you ooing about? What have you? What have his you? Adam's at? apple. He was like squeezing his Adam's apple, and it was like a, oh. it was like a testicle. Oh, don't, 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 don't. But um, yeah, scores, mm, they do a lot of work. <laughs> oh God, they oh, definitely God, do drinking. a lot of work. I was just drinking there, and I almost spat out there, Kevin. Um, <clears throat> <clears throat> But I'll tell you something about music in films. What? You can definitely hear it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be so smart. Don't be so smart. Listen, oh, I was editing an episode today and we were talking and and I could tell that I was tired because all I was saying is it's it's an incredible scene and, you know, it's so well written. And anyway... <laughs> <laughs> these, these buffer words it's like I have to say something right now and please let it let it be relevant to whatever Kevin just said <laughs> let's let it add up oh god yeah sometimes words just come out of our mouths and if you if you haven't seen the film it's basically a spectacular story <laughs> about these two characters who go on a journey and everything goes wrong and it has such a great ending. And I'm going to play a clip right here. <laughs> and all that jazz. <laughs> and then you think, oh my God, that episode is terrible. And then people message and say, I love that episode. And you think, yay. It's, you, 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 it's, it's all in how the cake is made. So, hey, what's happened in the film is now we have got Henry John Lavell. has been exposed. Yes, he's, he's, yeah, his true colours have been revealed and we think he's going to get this guy, but he's actually, we know who he is now. He's talking to Simon Pegg, who's dressed up as um, Solomon Lane. Yeah. And this is going to lead us to our, our best bits scene is coming up soon. Yeah, it feels so long. Oh my God, what was the best bit scene? Foot chase. Oh yeah, this is the Tom Cruise episode. Yeah, it's Tom, this is Tom Cruise's longest foot chase uh, in all the films he's done. And is this the longest? Boy. Is this the longest Mission Impossible film? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, it has to be. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I've never gone back and rewatched the second one. That's a tough one. That's a tough one. Oh, here we Ouch. go. Imagine if he was wrong. <laughs> he just ripped open his skin off his skull. <laughs> oh my god, I'm so sorry. <laughs> sorry. Oh jeez, we could put it back together. Oh my god, just sellotape, sellotape. Anyone? Oh god. No, don't scream. Don't scream. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and no, Henry Cavill is for some reason pissed off even though he has a whole team ready to get him out of this situation stop poking holes oh my god 
Just park your brain, Kevin. Enjoy the fucking film, man. Go for the ride. Leave your brain at the door. So basically just sit in the chair and drool. (laughs) (laughs) I I want to ask you, right? What's your relationship? What's what's your relationship with the... uh, (laughs) Booby. What is your uh, what is your relationship with the um, uh, Fast and the Furious franchise? How do you uh, how do you get on with those films? I get on quite well with them by not watching them. Oh right, <laughs> I don't like them. I find them naff, and I cannot yeah. listen to Vin Diesel say "family." Oh, got friends, I got family. Yeah. I found the first several very, very challenging. Wow, that's what I'm talking about. But for me, when they when they uh, inserted, what's his name? The Rock. And they started making it more of a rock film. Um, I, all of a sudden, my, and it became more cartoony, like a Saturday morning. Yeah, but I'm not a fan of The Rock either. I don't, like, what's your favorite rock film? Just give me a second. Just let me think about that. But you think, of, all right, name any other movie star and you can point to a star turn in a classic movie, an undeniable classic movie. And The Rock doesn't have that. The Rock obviously has his wrestling career and I suppose that counts for him. But if you would say, what is The Rock's greatest, uh, where he is to star a movie film? I can't I mention really it. It's not going to be. It's not going to be J- Jumanji. The, it's not Jumanji. It's not uh, Rampage. To... Oh God, I haven't even seen that. It's not that earthquake one he did. It's not that Die Hard riff he did. Uh, hey, you, San Andreas one. Remember that one? Yeah, that was the RTA, that yeah. was earthquake one. Yeah, I thought. I just. I don't. Uh, if when he was introduced in Welcome to the Jungle or the Rundown, depending on what territory you're in. And Schwarzenegger did that sort of passing the baton thing where he said, have fun. And he uh, walked past him in the hallway. And um, it was sort of this this moment of Schwarzenegger saying, this is the guy mm-hmm. to uh, take up my mantle. And then The Rock just sort of got into doing all these sort of Coca-Cola movies that felt very plastic and safe. And they, there's just, there's no bite to them. And they all feel... So corporate, and he could help filmmakers get films made that have a bit of bite to them and that that are exciting and sort of the films that Schwarzenegger would have made with Cameron and what have you. And he just didn't do that. And so I am not uh, uh, in the camp of like The Rock being amazing. For me, he's just a very plastic movie star and I just don't like his films and then I don't like the, the Fast and Furious films <clears throat> and now we've just seen Alec Baldwin die which is a terrible shame I think in this film franchise mm-hmm. he's a really big character yeah and I know he's that people listening to this are actually huge huge fans of The Rock and I don't begrudge anybody that it's just for me I don't particularly get anything out of his taste in movies or the, or the I films. think he has a very. I look. I I think you're right in the fact that he actually hasn't made um, any any great films, but I still think he's he been has great, great in yes. many films. 
he's got charisma. He has on-screen, yeah. on-camera charisma that hasn't been exploited yet. And I still have faith, not faith, but I still feel that his great film is going to come at some stage. You know, but uh, it's too late for that. Past. It's too, too late. late it's too late right now. But maybe, you know, I don't know. Although he has been in one of the greatest moments in all of movies. What's so that? I will give him that. To tell me what that is. <laughs> it's the moment in The Other Guys uh, where he and Samuel L. Jackson leap off of the roof of the building. Uh, right. And they're, they're playing, um, there goes my hero. Watch him. Uh, and they are just falling in slow motion. And they're falling yeah. and they're falling and you're thinking, what the fuck is going on here? And then they just hit the ground and they're dead. And it is such a sort of a, <laughs> a naked gun type <laughs> trolling move. <laughs> they play it off where it's like the two guys are just the badasses. They look at each other and go like, well, looks like we know what to do. They make a running jump off the building and they just kill themselves. <laughs> and it's hilarious. So I will give him that. And here, Kevin, I have to I have to call it up. This is the beginning of the foot chase. This is the my best Tom Cruise, best Tom Cruise speed scene. And we're here in St. Paul's Cathedral, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it's pretty sure it's St. Paul's. And um And I like the way I like the way this this is fun. To bring it back to your thing that you were saying earlier on, is this where Prince Charles and Diana got married? Mm, I don't think they got married here. I might be wrong, but I don't think they got married in St. Charles. Um, Saint Shit. Sure. That would have made sense for that weird sort of thing that you said. <laughs> mm, I don't think they did. But, but let's just say they did. There's a cool... Uh, I love Paddington 2. And there's a great Paddington 2 scene. Uh, uh, have you seen Have you seen either Paddington or Paddington 2? I have, yeah. I thought they were very good. Oh, Paddington 2 is great. I've actually done a tour of St. Paul's, so I've been on these stairs, these stairs right there. I did a bungee jump from the top of St. Paul's Cathedral, actually, right down into a... <laughs> did you enjoy it? Yeah, yeah. So I think this here is called the Whispering Wall. And why, if you were standing on one side, this, if you're standing on one side and you spoke quite whispered into the wall, a person standing directly opposite you could hear your whisper the way the, your, the sound of the sound. Oh, because it around. curves along the wall. Yeah, yeah. It's called the Whispering Wall, I'm pretty sure. And uh, it's That's pretty cool. cool. So, mm-hmm. so now we're on top of the rooftop, and this is where the shit goes down for poor Tom. And this here, I think it's called the pissing ledge, because <laughs> a lot of the builders will actually stand right there and piss over the side. Yeah, there's three. There's three leaps, and it's the third. That was the first leap, and on the third leap, he breaks his goddamn knee. It's horrific. His knee or Second his foot? One, no, he, he. It's his knee. He broke his knee. It's not his foot. He, oh, he was like a big, like it was an, an epic kind of, it wasn't easy. It was like, whoa. Um, and I think we're building up to it now. This is a cool, this is the camera shot I love. This is kind of like drone kind of camera shot and we're building up to it right now. But think Pretty about sure. this. How many takes would he have done of that? Well, what? No, here we go. Boing, That's it. Oh, and he did break it right there and he is broken it right now. That's obviously not broken. But when he's dragging himself, now his leg is gone and he's hobbling, hobbling off camera because he knew that's what's cool about it. He knew when he hit, he could feel it was gone. And uh, he knew I have to complete the shot because we're going into into shutdown. And apparently... No, but they they completed all this sequence. So his foot and his knee and even his back are broke right there and he's still filming. (laughs) They they don't shut down until the helicopter sequence. 
<laughs> it cost him. That shutdown cost him 80 million. Cost him that. 80 million? Well, why? Because the production. He... The film production. Oh, the production. Because the, yeah. Because they had to keep everyone employed still. And uh, but it was all it was covered by insurance, so like it didn't come out of the actual budget of the film. But still, it was the price tag was eighty million. Ah, but it was worth it in the end. Uh, yeah. But there's how many offices like have this? you been in like that in London? I've been in hundreds. Well, I haven't been in London a, a huge amount of times, so. Um, but when you go to meetings and stuff, or you get you have general meetings, they're all in offices like yeah. that. Just trying to remember. I suppose. I suppose. Hi, did you uh, did you have a good trip? Uh yeah, it was grand. <laughs> so, uh, do you want to do you want to drink a water or anything? Um. Uh, oh yeah, I will. So okay, I'll. Uh, he'll be with you in uh, just a few moments. You're sitting there for ten minutes. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> I love I, I I love the the blocking of the scene and how it's how they use St Paul's Cathedral as like a visual marker. He is a fast fucking progress. runner. About twenty, he does run full speed, and I think he's doing about twenty five kilometers an hour. When he's, he's going f- full Tom here, full Tom, full Tom. And what we're missing here and again I, is score is great. The score is fantastic here. As we know, you should never go full Tom. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's that's. <laughs> this is a callback. But again, he, this is the moment that flips this film, and really, I think it's the moment that gives the film its uh, the energy to to keep it alive for the second half. Yeah. So we are currently three hours in, and. <laughs> There are another two and a half hours to go. So we're at the midpoint. Yeah. Oh no. What? Uh, how long are we actually into this? Oh my God. Let me see. So we started on Monday and it's currently <laughs> August. August, yeah. <laughs> of of the following year, 2022. Oh no. See. He's got a picture of Julia. Yeah. So this is where things, this shit hits the fan for poor old Tom. Henry knows all about Julia. So if if I was running this, I would say, um, and then Cavill says, how did you get a picture? Or Tom goes, how did you get a picture of my wife? And Henry Cavill goes, your wife. <laughs> and then he picks up the phone and he's like, honey, I'll be back in five minutes. Okay, hon. <laughs> and Tom's like, oh my God, she got married to him. <laughs> Tell me that wouldn't improve the film. Well, listen, you know, <laughs> they were shooting a lot of different versions, and who's to say they didn't actually shoot that uh, particular version before Tom broke his lip, before his, his knee? How did Tom end up on that roof when Henry Cavill was on the other one? I'm confused. How did Henry where Cavill did get the in the helicopter? Take off from? <laughs> where, was, where did the helicopter take off from? Yeah. Oh no, where's the helicopter? Makes, where's that helicopter uh, badge? Oh, yeah, God. Oh, no. And also, how do helicopters fly? <laughs> <laughs> Poor Tom. Uh, 
He's aged. He aged awful bad in this film, you know. So now it's more complicated. Now it's even more complicated. So um, one bomb talks to the other bomb. Who does all the diagrams and the little animatics that they do? Which one of them is sitting there thinking, I need to draw out a graph of this and animate it so that I can have it ready for the presentation later? <laughs> no, Tom. No, can we push it back to tomorrow? Actually, if you don't mind. No, I really want to put some color into those radial lines, if you don't mind. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, yeah. No, Tom, I, <laughs> I have a pie graph, but I don't have an animated schematic. So, uh, I don't know. Um, I mean, I can sort of draw it on a piece of paper, but... <laughs> If you give me till tomorrow, then I'll be able to do a full slideshow. <laughs> and, you know, what's better, if we could push the meeting out to next week, right? <laughs> I can actually get a voiceover artist in who does all like real, like Ben Burt, he does all the bips and bings and stuff like that. And it'll sound really cool. And um, it, well, I know there's something about a timer and all that. And, you know, things listen, like, don't, I don't have a... I have a warehouse booked out for tomorrow and uh, it's a great location. It's quite ominous. And I thought that we could have the meeting there rather than in the conference room. (laughs) I know, I know that MI6 will provide a conference room for us, but listen, there's this fantastic warehouse. (laughs) The lighting's great. Trust me, the lighting is class. You really have to. (laughs) <laughs> we'll do a recce alright <laughs> we'll do a recce I know the bad guys are out there I know the bad guys are out there and that the world is in imminent danger but trust me if we can Look, really sell this presentation I know what you're going to think you're going to think that I chose this because there's a Starbucks right next door but I swear to you I didn't <laughs> this is where uh Ilsa is is finding you from Ving that um, Tom Cruise abandoned his wife, but he still loves her. Oh, God. wonder where he abandoned her. In a car park. (laughs) She went in to uh, pick up some things from Tesco and he drove off. I have to say, this is one of the scenes. (laughs) Hi. This is one of those awkward scenes, right? Where Thing Rames is telling, is, is, is doing all the exposition of Tom Cruise at the Ethan Hunt's back story to her. Yeah. And then Tom, Tom just appears. He overhears this. Oh, you've seen my, you've seen my fragile, you know, weeping soul. Oh my God. I'm exposed through an external character. So it's a bit. Yeah. It, it gets her away from Tom having to show any emotion. Yeah. Do you think that the Mission Impossible would have been the successor that is if it had the uh, the theme from the Muppets? It would definitely have gotten 
be a, a billion dollar blockbuster, Kevin? Well, no question. It's like, who is saying... Your mission, if you choose to accept it. Mana, mana, da, 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 da. Mana, mana, da, 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 da. I was listening to the, the story about... Uh, Oh, it was William Friedkin on The Exorcist. That's the reason. And he was the the, the studio produ- studio exec did not want Ellen Burstyn in the title role. And he wanted uh, Jane Fonda. And uh, after the film, like they got, obviously it was Ellen Burstyn got the role. And Jane Fonda just like poo-pooed everything about it. Why would I be involved in this commercial piece of shit? But after The Exorcist was like, you know, half a billion dollar success at the box office, William Friedkin walked into the, met the exec at a party and said, uh, well, what do you think of Ellen Burstyn now? Like, you know, and the, ex- and the exec said, he says, yeah, my point is, if uh, if we had Jane Fonda, that movie would have made a billion, you know? It's like, you, know, you see, that's my point. <laughs> I knew that was coming. A billion. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> William Freakin just said on Twitter that uh, a certain film that's in cinemas right now is a masterpiece. And I thought, oh, no. Senility. Comes to us Are well. we talking about uh, a type of horror thriller, science fiction horror thriller? Is that what we're talking about? Yeah. Okay. The sequel to a blockbuster, blockbusting kind of sleeper yeah. hit from two years ago. Okay. Peter Rabbit too. Want to see that? Yep. That's the one. That's the one. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Forward to this. So where did he, did he shoot this in? Did he shoot this in uh, the New Zealand? Norway? Is this so? This was New Zealand because I know they shot some stuff in Norway as well. I'm pretty sure. Which I probably did. oh no, you're right. This is New Zealand. I'm pretty sure. This is New Zealand doubling in for um, Kashmir. Kashmir. Yeah. Which make lovely sweaters. Hmm. <laughs> no idea. <laughs> I've just heard cashmere. <clears throat> I only wear pennies myself. <laughs> I, I, I wear the exclusive brand Saint Bernard. Saint Bernard. I don't shop anywhere but Quinsworth. Oh no, that's a deep cut. Like we're really reaching to our forty-year-old Irish male, Irish male and female demographic right there. We'll get that one. Okay. <sighs> So what are you do, Kevin? So, if you are still, if you, okay, to anyone who can hear me, listen to the sound of my voice. If you are still watching, if you're still listening to this audio commentary, tweet us and say, "I'm still listening," because I bet you, <laughs> everyone's turned off. <laughs> we need some. We need some validation that we need to. to that, that yeah, it's worth our while even. Staying up until this hour night, watch do this. Because it's currently it's five in the morning. God. Well, it's at least we know we're in the fi- we're in the final act or whatever you call it. We're in the final bit of the film. Now that we're at this site, we're getting towards the best bit, which is the end bit. Well, we've had the uh, inverted commas best bit, but yeah, the most fun bits coming up, right? Just before we came on, I sent you a picture. Of, uh, look. Your penis? Yeah, please don't ever send that again. All right? That was a video. The picture I sent you was um, of Harrison Ford as Indiana Jones. 
in the fifth one. Yeah. Which I know God, yeah. looks like my penis. It's so wrinkled. <laughs> and you put a hat on it. <laughs> and a fedora. You dress it up, which is weird. It's just kind of strange to me. <laughs> oh, Jesus. We always just go to the base base toilet humor towards the end we start off and everything is like so in this sequence they spent over a week and then at the end it's like titties (laughs) dick jokes it just it just strips us back it just strips us like literally just peels us back to such a base I am genuinely worried that for anyone that enjoys the actual show, that they'll come and listen to the audio commentaries and they'll think those guys are fucking crackers. (laughs) And, uh, (laughs) and also we tend to shit on things more. (laughs) So we're not these like (laughs) angelic, (laughs) these guys like the rock, fuck him. (laughs) That's you. I'm like going, hey, the rock, he's. The Rock, he wants to option my script? Fuck him. (laughs) Oh, God. I didn't say that, Rock. Rock, option my script, Rock. You know, you want to. Ah, Dwayne. Dwayne. I'm only joking you, Dwayne. You can have my script. Uh, Here, I like this moment. I like this moment of Shalmite. I love it. I love it. Yeah, it's really, this is. This is my favorite moment in the actual film. Yeah. This it's this bit of the film makes the whole film work. Like all, absolutely, all of the all of the kind of the plot double crossy crap that kind of happened before, and you can see as you pointed out all the various things where they reshot and repurposed stuff and changed. No, this is a this is a fanta- fantastic final act, and this yeah. is proper spy it, stuff where she knows that if he's here, and if the team yeah. are here, something bad is happening, and she can't sort of allude to that to her husband, who yeah isn't a foil, which I love. He's not a sort of a dipshit where yep. Tom Cruise is joking and saying, him, you chose him? Oh my God. But it's actually, no, he's, he's a decent, good-looking, smart, competent uh, yep. guy. So you can't begrudge him. And you, I just think it's an excellent, excellent choice. And I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't really be, I wouldn't want us to do an audio commentary on this film if this sequence wasn't in here, if it was just another sort of like action sequence at the end. And it's good writing and good acting, acting, good performances, good decisions. Uh, Suddenly you care. You care about everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Right now, it's funny. I just got reinvested. I just got reinvested in watching this film. I was, she was was there. I had my head in the gutter thinking about Harrison Ford's wrinkly penis and suddenly I'm back (laughs) I'm back in the film yeah we'll put that to side we'll put that to one side it's no well we have to because I mentioned now we've got to finish up on it what do you think of uh, Indiana Jones coming back for the fifth time I'm just I've said it before I'm so worried for that man I'm just like going please he broke his leg in doing that Star Wars film He's no Tom Cruise. He's 78 or he's he's 77, 78 at least. And this is an action film. Just leave him be. Jesus Christ. So I don't know. I'm worried. (laughs) For fuck's sake. My God, man. the man alone. He's in his 80s. It's like Asselin had to come out and play a championship match, you know, for for like an inter-county championship match. 
it's gonna get pissed off the field, like you know. Um, so that's my fear. That is my. You're gonna fear. see. I you're gonna really see him worried. swing the whip, and he's just gonna fall right off the whip. <laughs> he's oh. gonna try and swing, and he's just gonna face plant. It's like bang. Do you ever see those videos of like the <laughs> girl? He's gone. He's gone. <laughs> tries Stick to, with me, folks. Tries to sw- <laughs> tries to swing out into the <laughs> out into the, the lake and jump in. <laughs> she just basically she just basically falls flat, face first onto the rocks. Jesus Christ! <laughs> she couldn't. Oh, she couldn't hold her weight. Oh, oh no! She she was oh, fine. God. She survived. She survived. She was fine. She survived. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm sorry, <clears throat> but this is a great <laughs> sequence. Uh, it's spectacular. Hey, and all that jazz, and all that jazz. Hey, in the trailer for this, this is so real. The trailer for this, this is also real. Yes, he did it's this. Fucking real. It's fucking nuts. I wouldn't do like, this. Like, look, the problem that I had with bungee jumping versus skydiving is that when you're skydiving, you're so far up that the relationship to the ground doesn't compute. So it just looks magical and unreal. And also, you're you're tied to a, an actual professional skydiver, so. Relax a little. But when you're bungee jumping and you can see the fucking ground that you're gonna in your head smack off of, it's really hard to do to jump. And anything, I don't know how he did it. Like t- uh, crews hanging off of a helicopter, I couldn't do that. Not a hope. I don't know if it's happened for you, but last whatever year, pre-pandemic, just pre-pandemic, I had my first case of vertigo, like proper. I never thought I was scared of heights, scared of heights, but it was on climbing, coming down from Crow Patrick. Jesus Christ! Oh my God! See that? How did they do that? Because it was so bloody convincing when he, like, I remember I'm. I was just in the cinema, right there, experiencing what I experienced, and I audibly gasped in the cinema. I was just like, "Jesus Christ! How does like? I, oh my god!" But I see all the characters now are registering the fact that Julie is here. Yeah, but you were saying you went up to Croke Patrick and you got vertigo. I had vertigo coming down Crow Patrick. Yeah, yeah, you were coming down. It's the steep incline when you're kind of coming off the summit, when you're coming down the summit. And what it is, is where your eyes, your eyes, what your eyes are seeing and what you're, you basically become disorientated as to the perspective where is off. Down is, perspective is, is off. Because I was looking straight down, as in I was, I had to go down the scree. You have to go, to, you have to kind of come down. Like it's not severe, it's it. But, it's a steep why, enough angle. Why did you go down. up it? Oh, we did it for fun. We did it myself and a couple of buddies said, "Well, they do that." So we we want to do a couple of couple of more of those climbs. Um, but it was. But when I was looking straight off the edge of the cliff, like from my horizon, I was looking down at fields far, far, far below me, and they were at the wrong angle. It was like it's fucking so weird. So yeah, I've had that sense of vertigo. I felt myself wanting to to lean backwards. You know. Yeah. And so watching Tom Cruise up there, like he's he's really doing this. He maybe winched in, and, at, and they've probably painted out some sort of wire. Well, definitely they have. That's holding him in place. But he's out there. He's on that. 
Ricky Gervais isn't signing that. Like, yeah. Ricky Gervais wishes. Yeah, it looks like him. Also, but yeah, doesn't, like, doesn't, didn't Tom learn how to fly a helicopter? Of course he did. He built his own helicopter. Yeah, he is doing the stunt. He is doing the stunt piloting for this. Absolutely. Um, there's a shot. I remember there was this exciting shot in the trailer. Yeah. Like, like it, this is visually absolutely stunning to look at. Like it's so exhilarating. It's there's a shot music. The, <clears throat> yeah. Do you know the shot I'm on about Kevin in the trailer? It's like of this helicopter flying yeah. uh, at road level towards, towards a truck or something like that. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I'd love to know how that came into play in this. Maybe or it's a in, lorry. Look at the extra features. Yeah. Lo- Depending what continent you're from. I'm going to have to look at the extra features and see if it's in there. Oh, are we boring you, Will? <laughs> I was hoping I'd sneak that away. <laughs> I'm going to I'm gonna push the volume way up when you do that. <laughs> it is past my bedtime, which is like eight o'clock. Listen, fair play to you. You have come on and done this podcast on many occasions when you tell me you've been up since six and I'm like, whoa, I couldn't do that. Sometimes five. Yeah. Yeah. Whoa. I couldn't do that either. I've done... I've done the podcast absolutely. Hosted the podcast sometimes, like literally ready to fall asleep at the beginning. Oh my God. Oh man. Yeah. I could could go, go to sleep now. And then you just come on, you start talking to me, and you just get livened right up. That's it. It's just like, whoa, hold on to this Bronco. Hold on to this book. It's a beautiful waterfall in this sense. Yeah, when I did monologues, I was shattered. Wire strippers. I'm a doctor, not an electrician. Yeah, there's something about her where, yeah, she's got a very reassuring presence. Yeah, she just radiates sort of like good vibes. Mm. I love looking at this. This is beautiful. Whatever, I'm watching it on a Blu-ray. And crikey. Like, again, what I love about this is I... There we go. Did he dodge it? Did it. I hope we see... Oh, I wish we'd see the splash. We do. There we go. But everything about this, at the moment, I, I don't see any CGI trickery. I'm just seeing gorgeous photography. That's what I'm seeing. Yeah, it's, all in it, camera. It looks beautiful. I appreciate them so much for doing it that way. Yeah. Christopher Nolan does it as yeah. well, uh, which I'm, for better or worse, his films have gotten a little bit too convoluted for me. But I love that he mm. he does it in camera as much as yeah. possible. Yeah. It. it, it it's it's worth it. It's worth Zack it Snyder is a great visualist, but he just slathers his images in so much digital paint that I just I can't believe anything. I don't feel like I'm witnessing anything tangible and real. It's all just artifice. Mm. Yeah. Whereas you look at this and everything, you get. Like you're instinctively invested in it because you know yeah. you you can't see the wires. You just go, Jesus! They're flying into a canyon. No, he's he's they're flying that low. It's crazy. Like I love tracer fire in films. 
Mm-hmm. This should just be a, a movie. Trace of Fire, the movie. I'm sure there is a film called Trace of Fire. Trace of maybe. I don't know. There's so many direct-to-video films. Um, there's a moment coming up, though, where Henry Cavill gets injured. He gets burned okay. by the engine oil. Yes. or the, the and it, it, I think that you should have your villain in the final battle be uh, the one who is in the best physical condition. You shouldn't weaken them. And they, okay. they obviously uh, blind Henry Cavill in one eye and then he's going into the final battle with Tom. And I feel like he's already on the back foot there. And really it should be the other way around. Although they don't want to damage Tom's face. But you want to have your hero in the third act. And I, as I'm saying all this, I love this third act. But generally, if I was doing this, it would be... As an analogy, if Tom Cruise had to run 100 meters to hit a button to stop a bomb going off, then my instinct would be to break his legs and then have him mm-hmm. try and get those 100 meters to get, to get across that distance. Mm-hmm. And that's just my instinct, is that the, the hero should have the steepest hill to climb. So going into the third act and him being <clears throat> in great shape undamaged up against Henry Cavill who's battered I think is an, is an odd choice hmm. but I love that they give all of the, the team something to do and all of their contributions are vital hmm. no it is a good it is a, it's a yeah, it's an exhilarating it's an exhilarating final act yeah it is yeah and I love that she has to face off against her yeah. nemesis here that rather than no being longer... Tom against Solomon Kane, it's her against Solomon Kane. Mm-hmm. And the story is visually quite clear. We've been watching this, and quite often we've been going, "I don't know what's going on." People are talking to each other, but right now the pieces of the puzzle are kind of like visually are being communicated. Because this is all emotion making. It's not so much about information now and, and subdiffusion, double crossing. It's uh, we know that. Most of these characters have unfinished business. Mm-hmm. I'm ex- I am genuinely excited to see where the next two films go. Like I'm, I'm more excited about this franchise, as I said at the beginning, than I am about the the Bond films. Like I, I'm like, I like, feel like I, I've I, already I felt- seen that next Bond film. <laughs> I haven't even seen the trailer for it, so I don't know what's what's what to expect. Yeah. They made a mistake in that last Bond. They should have had... Here I am again. Oh my God, I'm up on my hind legs here, giving out about everything. Um, I would have preferred if Tom... If Bond... Get out of there. If... If Bond ended up with Monica Bellucci rather than... The... Younger... The daughter of the, the, the guy who kills himself. But if... It was his wife instead, and he met up with Monica Bellucci and was there to sort of tell her that she's in danger and what have you. Because it, just have Bond with an age-appropriate actress who is a bombshell in herself, it just would have mm-hmm. lended so much more uh, heart to Bond giving up his career as a spy uh, to be with a, a woman that he cares about. 
But as it is in, in Spectre, the last one, she's just too young for him. She's like in her 20s and mm. you just feel like, Bond, you dirty that, old man. That Roger Moore vibe, you know. Yeah. You can, you can even feel in those last Roger Moore films, he, he was quite respectfully going, you, they didn't have those, the intimate scene like with the younger actress, you know, it, it wasn't as... You know, for lack of a better word, is like leery or gropey. It kind of did have that more paternal kind of relationship going on. You but, uh, mentioned Beverly Hills Cop earlier on, and one of the things that I love about Beverly Hills Cop, aside from the the obvious stuff and the great music, but I love that uh, Eddie Murphy's character, his best friend that he's going to visit and who he's going to help out, is the the girl in it, the female lead, and there is there's no. Um, there's no relationship between them. They're just pals. And uh, I know that, that the reason for that was because the producers or the studio at the time thought that America would balk at the fact of a, a black man being with a white woman. So they they kept oh, it platonic. Oh. And I think wow. that she was she was originally in... She was originally the female lead when Stallone was going to be in the, the movie. But even though... Yeah, because I, I made a, a remark about that on, on Twitter and somebody pointed out to me that, no, it was because of racism. That's why there is no um, romantic relationship between the, the male and female lead. Wow. Because I, I was looking at it through like 21st century eyes and going like, that's really progressive. I really think that that's commendable, that they're just pals. And it's like, well, wow. because. <laughs> they were still, yeah, dealing with... Can a black guy cop off with a, Jesus, a typical? Never. I didn't know. I didn't know. Uh, did you say Stallone? Was it Stallone was up for that part? Yeah, and I think he uh, Cobra is what he he. Oh, he didn't. He sort of took the guts of his okay. rewrite of of. Um, I could be just bastardizing actual facts here, but I do know that he did Cobra, and Cobra would have been a lot more. Uh, like his version of Beverly Hills Cop but when right. Eddie Murphy came on board it became a lot more um, comedic in places even though it's a, it's a serious action film mm-hmm. but Eddie Murphy is mm-hmm. just full of charisma he just makes it yeah. fun and the score, the score the yeah, score the score is so vital to that again we're, we've been watching this we've been watching these uh, two the helicopter chase which is a cool fucking chase, Kevin. Oh my god, chase scenes, man. We have an aerial dogfight uh, scene oh, okay. topic. And this would yeah. be in there. Definitely. What else would you put in? I put in the Star Wars films in there. They've got some great aerial, aerial dogfights. Dog yeah, yeah. Top Gun, of course. Um, let me think. Uh, Dunkirk. I have to watch Dunkirk again. Um, we'll have to look at... I couldn't track what was going on in Dunkirk. Because of the time jumps, I, I was like, wait a second, okay. that plane crashed. Is this a different plane or is that another plane? Is this a support Listen squadron? <laughs> this is Kevin shitting at another well-loved film. <laughs> I'm trying to think what are the cool there. So we're... Uh, wait, have you ever seen the um, uh, the edit that somebody did where um, Kenneth Branagh looks towards the horizon and obviously they're expecting... Or well, we're expecting, because we've seen the film, that it's going to be the fleet uh, coming to uh, help 
get the uh, evacuate the British troops and what have you. And mm-hmm. instead, <laughs> Kenneth Branagh is looking at it and he's like, what is it? What do you see? And he goes, home. And they cut to the uh, fleet of boats in Mamma Mia 2 when they're all <laughs> dancing to, uh, I think it's Dancing Queen. And <laughs> oh, <okay>. <laughs> <laughs> it's hilarious. Very good. Very good. <laughs> But the, the the fight scene with Re- Re- Rebecca uh, Ilse's character and um Blaine kind of had a really cool dilemma there where she was choking him out and poor Simon Pegg was was literally suffocating and hanging and dying and she had to make a decision of who to this reminds me of Cliffhanger out. this sequence yeah yeah Cliffhanger and for me Jurassic Park The Lost World as well that's what I'm reminded of and for me, Jurassic Park 3 with the plane. Oh, yeah. That's right. Oi. Yeah, so here spray. we go. There's your spray. Yeah, mm. yeah. Why, Why do, do that? that? Right there. Like, what's, what, yeah. what purpose does that serve? Other than to create a cool makeup effect, I think. But you've, you've injured the villain. Oh. Yeah. Tom Cruise he's, takes a lot of risks, doesn't he? There you go, look, he's, he's blinded and one eye it. Now, I feel yeah. like that shouldn't be the case. It, it's as if it's as if oh, it makes him more powerful. It's like, ah, now my, my true powers are going to be revealed. Jesus Christ, it is so brutal, this. You can't hurt me. Yeah. I'm Superman. But dum 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 Ving Rhames has has literally moved about an inch in every scene that he's been in. <laughs> he just sits there and he doesn't even turn his head. It's a good paycheck. That's that's working smarter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in this scene, boss, I'm gonna sit and I'm gonna look and I'm gonna talk. But his, but his eyeballs have done some. Amazing stunts. You see, Ethan left his wife in a Tesco car park because he loved her. He's a good man, Ethan. <laughs> she, she was. He just left. He just left her there, sitting, sitting on the baby seat. She just sat in the baby seat. <laughs> she had nobody. He drove off. <laughs> she thought he was dead. <laughs> we watched her for two years. Graven. Ethan laughed every day. <laughs> He's a good man. Here we go. Limp. Here we go. Yeah. Yeah, he's limping in this, isn't he? I just want to press the button. I just want to play with your fancy countdown timer thing. <laughs> I just want to oh play God, with your... stop it. I just want to play with your button. Doink. <laughs> Going. Oh, it's good stuff. Good, good. Uh... I'd love to hear the uh, the Foley uh, version of this. There has to be a whole collection of stuff out there. 
Lads, we we take the mics, we take the mic pack off the lads. I don't think they need it. <laughs> Welcome to the best bits part. Screenwriting podcast. Oh god, we'll never be, we'll never get another gig, Kevin. After doing these, ever. The WGA had an AGM this week, and in it, they discussed contract negotiations. (laughs) 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 Meanwhile, I'm pitching you my version of the best sex scene, which is a hundred people shagathon orgy. (laughs) Send in your three pagers so we can shit all over them. <laughs> oh God! I... Oh Henry Cavill! Oh, Ouch. took his eye out. Mm-hmm. Oh, I I'm... think it took a bit more than that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like ah. just... Yeah. Well, actually, folks, this is actually worth sinking up with the film. Yes, it's fucking hilarious. Go on, go on Tom. You can this only it. works if you can sink it up with the film. Oh god, this has been a long walk. It's been a long, a long walk for that gang alone. It has been a long, long three-hour walk. Was it no three-year walk? Oh fuck me! Oh fuck! Oh fuck! There are some podcasts out there which will put this behind a paywall, but not us. This is going direct into the feed. We are so proud of this. Imagine if we actually made people pay for this. God above the creators. Can we do that? Well, no. That was a song. I saw something doing it. Disgusting. He's got a whistling smoke. <laughs> this only makes sense this is- if you're watching the film. <laughs> S M R. Oh, we're fucking morons. Oh my god, I am pouring with sweat. Um, if any of my teachers or um, people who. anyone who's li- who listens to this, uh, you know, please don't lose respect for us. We're just, we're just delirious. We're tired. This, uh, and we don't and, uh, give a shit. <laughs> we finished the full season. Um, it's late. Being cool means not caring. <laughs> We're cool. <laughs> oh my god. 
awesome shot. I love. I just. It's a beautiful film to look at. It's spectacular. It's all that jazz. <laughs> Basically. Obviously. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> but. <laughs> where I'm trying to get us. Uh, oh, Simon Pig. That way. This film. To the coke machine. Where are we going? We're going to down the down the hall. Straight ahead, lads. I need a sandwich. <laughs> Give me a carafada and a Snickers. <laughs> Do of any change first. <laughs> Be funny if Wes Bentley just said to him, "Papa." <laughs> Whoa! Big twist. This is actually your son. He's not my husband. <laughs> He's your son. I was pregnant when you left me at Tesco. <laughs> my God! How old is that boy? He's eight. He's eight. <laughs> he has a condition. <laughs> have you seen? Have you seen the movie Jack? Seen the movie Jack? Yes, that's the one. <laughs> Don't you dare judge him. You can't judge me. You left me at Tesco. <laughs> that boy's not right, I tell you. <laughs> He's your son. <laughs> this film is oh too long. <laughs> oh, God. I'm cracking up. Honestly. You now have to be watching the film. I abandoned what I said at the beginning that you don't have to be watching the film. You actually have to be watching the film now to have any context for what we're, what these noises are. I'll say something genuine though. When I got into the into the film, where got in, ugh, when I skirmished past the film industry, I thought it would be amazing to get into a position where you could write roles for actors and uh, write them parts that would be incredible. To, to see them perform it and uh, it doesn't work out that way because there's so many different you know constraints on things when it comes to casting but I'd love to write a role for Michelle Moynan oh and if and uh, I, I highly suspect she has listened to the entirety of this trio <laughs> audio commentary and that <laughs> hope is dash why we've done this <laughs> Okay, so listen, we've got an opportunity and here. Michelle, what does, the entire, what the does entire Ilsa, this audio commentary has been skipped it. Go on. Wait, 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 wait. What does Ilsa whisper here into Michelle's ear that we don't hear? I would say... Wait, let's watch. She says, the, 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 outside, the outside toilets of sanitary towels. Oh my God. That's the only thing. I think she's saying she's giving her toilet advice. Another white widow is here. I don't understand. And she's so happy because she stabbed the guy in the heart and she traded weapons. And oh, I don't get it. I don't understand. And Solomon Kane has gone back to prison. It's okay. Because I remember when I, when I watched this, when I rewatched it the, the, for the night, for the, 
the episode. I just went, no, haven't a clue what's happening. Not a clue. It's, I understand why totally Hyundai believed fine. in you. The world needs the IMF. We need people like you. Who care about the wood life as much as they care about the millions. So, Michelle Manon, when Kevin's writing dialogue for you, that's the voice he's hearing and he said, that's the one. You never looked better. That's a goddamn lie. There we go. I think we have to be near the end, even though it looks like there's another oh, we're so age of no. end credits. Uh, oh, it's angry. Oh, we've got I'm yeah, two nights. That's seven it. and a half minutes of end credits. Listen, you don't need to hear yeah. us talk about the end credits, do you? Oh no, we've done it! My God, we made it! It's um, it got a little bit farcical at times, but oh, if you've gotten go. to the end of this audio commentary, there you will receive a badge in the post because it went to shit <gasps> somewhere along the way. Um, Sean Harris. Who's he? Uh, oh, Henry Cavill. That was his name. I was trying to figure out. Tom Cruise. I knew I'd seen him from somewhere. <laughs> Tom Cruise. Is Sean Harris a uh, relative of Richard Harris? Am I completely wrong? Because Jared Harris is... Not everyone who has the same name are related, you know. <laughs> I, know. I am but not related to Kevin Hart. <laughs> what? <gasps> oh my God. Okay. And on that note... Oh my God. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this audio commentary, this descent into madness. That's what this has been. On a film that I think both of us genuinely love. And, uh, yeah, it's a great film. Even though we don't understand it, or I don't. And uh, join us again for another... <laughs> <laughs> descent into fucking lunacy. <laughs> Oh god, it's fucking. But I think if the film was shorter and if we could understand what was happening, then we could actually, you know, we could deliver like you know more specific, you know, commentary. This we just fucking lost us. We so did. We had way. no hand in this film whatsoever. So what are we going to do? Say oh, it was a great day on set here. Uh, Tom really went for it. He, uh, you know, with Tom, he actually rehearses uh, before he does everything, and uh, yeah, he's a he's a great person for doing rehearsals. Mm-hmm. I made him his cheese sandwich that morning, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Extra cheese. Smoked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, uh, well, will we wrap it up? There are five more minutes. There's no post-credits to this. Uh, we'll be back for another fantastic episode of All the Best Bits. Premium content stuff. Don't know what <laughs> film it is, but I'm certain it will be as informative as this one. <laughs> informative? <laughs> It'll be very informational. Tra- 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 translucent. No, tra- trans. What is it? Tumescent. 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 What it'll be? Although I said Tumescent. pupescent. I don't know what the pupescent. fuck pupescent is. <laughs> I feel, I feel utterly pupescent after this film, and uh, it begins us all to uh, do a, a more cromulent audio commentary next week cromulent cromulent <clears throat> a, a, so, I've actually yeah cromulent it's a good word 
It is. It's the Simpsons reference. Is it a fake word? It's the fake word, isn't it? It is a fake word. My God. You, it, and you call yourself a writer? Yeah, it's a fake word. Yeah. It is. Yeah, that's the whole joke. Something like uh, yeah. in Biggins. I never heard that word until I moved to Springfield. I don't know why. It's a perfectly cromulent word. <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> it. Yeah, well done. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Oh, very good. And Deep cut. All right, man. Back good next one. week. Good night. Well done. You're going to say God bless? Go on, say it. What, Let your Irishness out. Right. <laughs> God bless. <laughs> May the road rise to meet you. And a hundred thousand welcomes Kate Beale of Falta. Me Buchalines and me Collins. Miggledy. I have to go home and I have to put my shillelagh to bed. I'd be up in the morning and he'd go outside and baiting the, baiting the cows he'd be if I don't get it to bed in time. Holy Jesus. Um, that has to be the end. Good night. Good luck. Right. <laughs> God bless you. And here is a clip from the lad's latest mini bits bonus show. The full episode, plus 100 more, are available on their Patreon. The best bits for Will and Kevin. No, the best bits for Kevin and Willem. For the films and the, the TV and the latest films. Something, something, something. Something. Um, don't forget that you owe us three euro. <laughs> you okay. can't throw what? <laughs> oh my god! I I did a whole Irish theme. The best place I can Van Willem talking deviantly. <laughs> okay, right. I'm gonna find the fucking thing because it's gonna be the music to start the episode. I don't think I've heard this. You have. Well, maybe you haven't. I don't think I have heard this. I do. I suspect that what you do is you just put the laugh in emoji. Thing and think I'll listen to that some other time. Fuck it, that'll do. Because it's bound to be funny in his eyes, so yeah. I'll just tell him what he wants to hear. I actually only laugh the emoji when I've actually listened. <laughs> I should have taken the hint that nobody was responding to the Podbot one. Like nobody was giving me any reaction to it. And oh. I thought they hadn't listened to it yet. And then, of yeah. course, I was delighted with that, and people hated it. <laughs> it's not it was it was it wasn't easy on the ears in a, in the sense that it was just her monotone voice so there was no up and down that's the thing yeah i know i tried my best you're a bug and i'm a feature pray to this mantis or i'll eat you and if you don't know my name here's an update to teach you i'm i'm, I'm hogus and i'm the future an ai podcasting computer the number one zero one zero zero one one producer that's exactly what you do. So, Don't forget, now you owe us three euro. I come off the stage. I know, I've not, I've, I've not heard this. I swear to God, I'm going to send it to you right now, and you can get a genuine reaction. I'll actually listen to it. So I'm, I have my WhatsApp open. The best is Kev and Willem about the telly and the latest film. Talking shite the dynamic duo. Don't forget, now you owe us three euro. I come off the stage. <laughs> That's genuinely my first time hearing that. <laughs> I just could easily have just scrubbed it from my memory. That's the other thing that could have happened. How do you operate? I I I generally just go on impulses. So if I need to toilet, I just toilet, and does I that doesn't necessarily mean I need to be Squat, in the proximity like a of a toilet. Yeah, so I'm saying you just go. I just nappy it, Kevin. I just man. I just adult nappy it. <laughs> 
Oh, we've got loads to talk about. Um, I've watched a load of things. So have I. But I think I should get one thing off my chest straight away because I think the discourse out there sometimes can feel really artificial to me and it can feel like people will films to be worse than they are in order to have something to point at and ridicule and sort of create content about should I start the timer? Is this, have, have we just started? Start the timer because I'm rare okay. to go. I saw Madam Web. Right. I honestly, guys, know nothing. All I all I know is I saw a poster oh, very recently. It went, there's a Madam Web film, and I'm what is this? So it's a Spider Verse adjacent Marvel movie. Yeah, it's it's one of these Sony things where they did Venom and they're doing Craven the Hunter, okay. and it's sort of an offshoot of. The Spider-Man movies, but I don't right. know what universe they're in because they're trying to blend them all together. So, is this the Tobey Maguire Spider-Verse? To me, it feels like it's in that space. Mm. Anyway, I thought I'm done with superhero movies. I'm just over them. I watched Captain Marvel not re- long ago, and I thought it was just tedious. Are you it's so lifeless. The Marvels, not Captain Marvel. Is that what Marvels? Well, yeah. she's in it. Captain Marvel. Captain yeah. Marvel two. It was just sort of like, it was another one of those films that felt like Ant-Man in that everything was chemical and synthetic and fake and Mm -hmm. airless. And, you know, you just have sound stage after sound stage. And I just feel profoundly depressed watching those films. I feel like there's nothing organic happening in these from the lines of dialogue to the hairstyles to the costumes to the sets to the music to everything just feels it's artificial wafer thin just wafery artificially no sustenance no satisfaction you know protein in it whatsoever you feel like oh wow I just I just put something down my throat and I'm still hungry it feels like eating plastic okay on the whole it's just drifted so far away from what Iron Man was that I just don't care about them yet I found The Flash really fun because it was it felt like a Bill and Ted type movie at times. It was off the wall bonkers and I don't really particularly give a shit about special effects. Whether they're good or bad, you know, I can buy into it because of the ideas behind it or the concepts behind it. So I wasn't like revolted by the, the special effects of The Flash. I just thought, you know, it's mm. funny to see babies falling out of windows and being put into microwaves and things like that. So I went to the Madam Web not really giving a fuck about the genre but I wanted to see it for the sake of having an opinion on it and the trailer was awful it had that terrible line reading in it from the Dakota Johnson where she's she's shitting out exposition and I think people had the film's cards marked at that stage and uh, the film itself to me played like a Final Destination action thriller and I thought it was really pleasant it didn't bother me in the slightest I didn't have any of the issues that everybody else has it was uh, a reluctant hero with no superpowers whatsoever other than having premonitions trying to keep three teenage girls alive against somebody who's like the evil version of Spider-Man who wants to murder them and they just played that out in a very cinematic way where it felt like a Sam Raimi type Spider-Man it looked as good as that it was all real locations for me it felt like a lovely throwback to the Sam Raimi Spider-Man films and I don't get why everybody loads the film. I thought it was just fun. Oh, wow. Uh, all I've yeah. seen is the negative discourse. And you're the first voice. I believe, you know, I haven't listened to the episode because I haven't watched the film yet. I know the Cinemile uh, had differing views. Oh, fuck. 
me and Kathy, we were the, so far the only people that I know who don't think the film is dire, but Dave almost had a hernia on that episode. It was very <laughs> enjoyable listen to listening to it. <laughs> Oh, I have to listen to it. He was, I'm really curious. I'm really he was curious. disgusted because Caddy was pushing back and I thought it was very, very funny. And then when I saw it, I was like, do you know what? I am actually on the side of Caddy here. This is actually grand. Right. This is actually grand. So I, <laughs> <laughs> but you That's know so what? Funny. It didn't feel like a superhero movie. So I liked it for that reason. Oh, it's okay. I'm just going to look up some of the, the credits. And I like Dakota um, Johnson's performance as well. She was playing this sort of curmudgeonly antisocial character. And to put that type of person in the role of having to be a protector is actually really fun for me. And it's a role that you don't see many female characters inhabiting. That's more like a Harrison Ford type role. And um, I enjoyed it. So I don't get why everyone is shitting their britches over it. It's grand. Thank you.